I'm here <laughs> from the Howard Springs quarantine camp in Australia with Don Simpson and Michael Schumacher. This is Podcasting Heritage. I don't understand why the world isn't more up in arms about that, but then you remember what's going on in China. And it's like, nobody gets up in arms about anything. Yeah, they really don't. You know? And when they do, it seems to all be just a plan. Right. Yeah, exactly right. Just performative outrage. I remember being like, a teen in school and stuff and in the liberal education system and being informed about things <laughs> and just make and then making it seem like there are all these organic like groundswells happening on whatever liberal cause right and then you look into it and like everybody knows each other <laughs> it's like whole families right and it's just obviously a plan that was the weirdest shit was seeing through the other side and seeing the liberal cause as being like somehow more devious. Yeah. Than the... oh, I saw this tweet, I should have sent it to you. It was about how like most of the Bolshevik communists were Jewish. I was like, I don't know if I want to send that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff. If you look into the Jewish people who are Nazis, that gets very weird. Really? Huh. And the formation of the state of Israel and all that. A lot yeah. of hanky-panky going on. Right, that's... The people who were out early doors. Mm. And knew what was coming. That's, the, that's a, a sphere I just steer clear of. Yeah, you may as well. <laughs> it's not worth it. What are you gonna... You, yeah, exactly. You got nothing to gain going there. I try to steer away from the stuff where there's no chance of me like being a member of it, so it feels like knowing about it would just make me a, <laughs> an interloper, right, right, at best, <laughs> a snoop at worst, right, right, like just. And there's so much of that now where people just like take on a cause that's completely like alien to them, just yeah. for the fucking points, you know. Yeah, I can't think of anything worse to do than uh, jump in front of a bullet that's not intended for you. <laughs> right. But it's become like a culture in and of itself. Totally. And as you're jumping in front of the bullet, you're saying, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> that's like how they assemble personhood by doing that. It's it, truly. <laughs> it's like some kind of weird like, fo it's not even martyrdom because it's like they're doing it to themselves. Yeah, I it's used like to think it was martyrdom, but it's so much, so much more shallow than that. Right. It's like some kind of, I don't know, just mental illness, man. Yeah, it's like self-immolation. <laughs> totally. Totally, it's that fucking Rage Against the Machine album cover. Yeah. It's like you look at all those mug shots from like Antifa people or whatever and you can see on their face the amount of crises that they've been through in their lives. And like all of them were self-inflicted. Oh yeah. Maybe there was one initiating incident, probably 
Sure. Probably related to society or the church or whatever. Right. Or family dynamics, but mm -hmm. since then they're just spiraling in their own like reliving of that trauma. That's it, man. And the latest incarnation is like racists and Nazis are the problem. <laughs> and really what they're saying is my father. Right. Either right. like paternal father or <laughs> church father. Totally. The Holy Father. Something belonging to them in some kind of weird possessive way that they also want to kill. Uh, that's totally it. It's like it's got nothing to do with the political stripes. Yeah. It's like the, <laughs> the trauma in your life that you can't see through. Literally useful idiots because they they act like kamikazes. They throw everything at that. Here's your yeah. chance to get back at your abusive... Uh, Right. That's yeah, your abuser. Fuck, that is crazy, man. And those causes, those movements, harness that, harness that fucking whatever, that anger, that, that traumatized rage. Yeah. For their own good. And they're, and they're doing it in universities, which is crazy. Yeah. So, like, you get, like, because I remember coming out of grade 12, like, <laughs> literally feeling like I was just in jail for 12 years. <laughs> And then they put them in college, and it's like, there's, college is such a weird place, especially at the beginning, because uh, it feels like a, a redo of school, mm -hmm. but you also have a lot of freedom, but you also right. don't because you're still under scrutiny. Mm -hmm. And now, like, your peers are scrutinizing you even more so than you thought they were in grade school. Yep. Then the debt, the sunk cost of the debt and all that stuff. It's just so much. And then someone comes in, <laughs> a bearded teacher, long hair, <laughs> tells you that hey there's man. something called an oppressor. Right, right. No kidding. Saddle you with debt, paranoia, at a time in your life when you're experimenting with basically just apocalypsing your own hormones and Yeah, and then tell you that there's a conspiracy right, right. of people who are to blame. Sounds like a recipe for right-wing zealots, but you know. No, you think. Yeah, that's pretty wild because then they, they just excuse, it basically just excuses you to do whatever you want. Yeah. Or to feel as bad as you want. And it's the university student and we all as taxpayers have a sunk cost in it, so of course we won't talk about it. Right. In the same way that we don't talk about church because it's non-profit and it should ostensibly be a good. It's one of those things that we mark as a positive thing about free society is free association and religion. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And then all institutions become religions because that's the way that they're free and they can do what they want. <laughs> all institutions become religion and they start, they stop paying taxes. Yeah. And they start getting huge fucking uh, stipends or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Okay, so I saw a tweet, I don't know if it was from a news article or something, but that a plumber in one of Joel Osteen's old homes found a bunch of like cash in the walls of their bathroom. Wow. Did you see that picture of the, the Epstein House video walkthrough and there's like a dentist set up in the bathroom? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. The shit that is slowly trickling out of that is so juicy. It's so weird too. It's bizarre. I really want to read those like house rules for the staff. <laughs> I cruised some thread that kind of summed up a bit of that guy's testimony. Yeah. Alessi, I guess he was like the, I don't know, the house kind of the foreman of the crew or whatever. Okay. 
he stole a bunch of money, I think, in the end from them. Uh. <laughs> but it was like you had to just be so perfect and proper, and you, under no circumstances would, if somebody phoned, you wouldn't say, you know, if Epstein was there or not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I might steal some of those strategies for myself, to be honest. I don't know. It wasn't like a bad thing. It was like just be polite <laughs> yeah. and be firm. And don't fuck with the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, we might have robo-AI servants one day that we need good protocols for. It's true. <laughs> that manual could be like the Jarvis user manual. Like <laughs> it really Jarvis could. Jarvis 2.0. <laughs> Hello. Maybe, that, maybe that's what Mark Zuckerberg is operating under. Oh, oh, pretty much. I started seeing some stuff today out of Seoul where there's like the, is it the prime minister or whatever of South Korea, like virtually at a desk. Oh really? Like in a, but in an outside space, I'm like, nah. I'm That's gonna like, be so weird, especially when <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're rolling it out first with government services. Like who wants that? <laughs> no, give me the fucking porn and the 3D shooting games. Exactly. Get it on. How is that titillating? You can now stand in line, <laughs> online, <laughs> to pay your fines. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you can be processed as carbon from your own home. <laughs> That's right. You can just wall in your own filth. You can be told you didn't fill out the right form and you need to go to the back of the line <laughs> while you're on your toilet. I mean, that could, that could save some time. It could. Just taking a shit and planning your own funeral. Yeah, it could be, it could be more time that you're not noticing all the pollution that's rotting your lungs. Right. Instead of hold music, I'm sure they'll have some fucking... Oh, yeah. Just some epic SM entertainment fucking... What's that big... The Bolt camera rig shit, and you're just fucking... <laughs> just tripping ah, out. It's ah, ah. <laughs> fucking 16-year-old boy and girl asses just gyrating in front of you. <laughs> Culture, content. <laughs> By the time they get to you, you're just totally out of breath. <laughs> Hello, Carbon. What can we do for you? <laughs> it's so funny because they've almost completely converged with American black culture at this point. Have they? That's wild. <laughs> like they actually figured out how to rap now. <laughs> They're doing like hip hop dancing. Oh man! Putting they've, on the wigs. They've taken it. Yeah, they've taken it even further than Japan did. <laughs> Japan ain't got shit on South Korea. Sorry. I said Japan ain't got shit on South Korea. Yeah, it really seems like it. That they've taken the lead uh -huh. with like Samsung being up there against Apple right in the tech wars yeah nobody seems to know what the uh, what the device is that they're going to be using for the metaverse because hmm. Oculus exists but it's not really something that's caught on with people huh. and they're talking about rolling out the metaverse by 2023 so likely in the next like year and a half we're gonna have a big structural change in in technology like beyond smartphones something that'll be more immersive interesting 
So they need to come out with some kind of proprietary technology for it. Yeah, I guess. And there's going to have to be some kind of like arms race between all the tech companies. Right. I don't know. I'm not up on the NASA patents to know <laughs> what it is. Because like Facebook came from a NASA patent. Really? Apparently. Well, it would have to be some kind of like headset, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's the brain chip. Well, fuck, maybe. Imagine if Elon and Zuckerberg paired up to do the neural link metaverse. <laughs> I, I just find a way to just live in the jungle somewhere. <laughs> I would tap out of that shit for sure. I would just say you first. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> they're both cyborgs, so this they can just true. do it. They're both already unhuman. See, I am fine. <laughs> Watch as I drink water. Like now you. <laughs> just the shaky, like, stopping at the end of gestures. Totally. <laughs> now you. Watch as I drink water like a human would. <laughs> it's strange that we don't have any um, analysis tools to... Um, to reveal uh, audio editing in the way that you can like hmm. figure out if things are photoshopped or right. if video is manipulated. Because I think that would be a huge tell. I can kind of hear when things like are auto-tuned and melodyne, but right. they could really spoof so much stuff without people knowing. It's true. Like most of the stuff on television is auto-tuned and melodyned especially on all those competition shows and it's like they're preparing people for ah, a transhuman future that's really interesting if you've never used those programs you wouldn't know what to listen for no you just think yeah you're right exactly just normalizing the shit yeah there hasn't been anything live on television or radio in <laughs> <laughs> decades now yeah but yeah in that sphere for sure well even in like classical music Literally everything. They're doing uh, audio correction now. Live, like just to sweeten it up. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. And in concerts, all concerts now are in the box, so they can Fuck. do whatever they need to to make it sound perfect. That's that's crazy to think about. Like they're playing it live, but then. They're, it's being manipulated in real time. Yeah, and they're, like they're playing to a click. Oh, they have yeah. like backing tracks playing. Right. Maybe in like a John Mayer show, you get your solos mm -hmm. that are live. Right, just for the spectacle. Yeah, but people wouldn't pay for like an old-fashioned live show these days. <laughs> Remember that a few months ago we were talking about you were talking about like the live shows from the classic rock era. Yeah. They're just so coked out. Yeah. <laughs> you can just hear the sinew in the rhythm guitar player's shoulder giving out. <laughs> yeah. It's two hundred BPM. <laughs> it's like maybe they maybe the click track is acceptable. <laughs> it's funny to go back to listen to that and then go further back and listen to like the jazz drumming from the mm. like sixties. And how they were like coked up too. <laughs> That's awesome. It's very funny to go back through the eras <laughs> of like amphetamine and 
and the cocaine abuse amongst performers. <laughs> I was listening to some old country song, Buck Owens. Yeah. Buck Owens, and the drummer was doing some shit that I couldn't figure out. Just one-handed on the hi-hat, like, that's drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I sat in the basement for half an hour trying to clap it out. I was like, nah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't get it. It's a multi-track thing, fuck it. Yeah. Did that too. Or his wrist was just fucking spaghetti. It's possible. <laughs> the one-handed hi-hat stuff is insane to me. Yeah. And then you meet a drummer and you look at their muscle right here and it's like the size of a fist. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's uh, why. That's, <laughs> that's the 10,000 hours right there. Right there. I got 10,000 hours for you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I just happened to stumble across that Come Town episode where they do the Hannah Gatsby bit. <laughs> oh, that was so... No business repeating any of it on here, but we know it, and it's just, that, that's an all-time moment. <laughs> She's not playing nice anymore. <laughs> that seems like, that, like, that era seems like it was 10 years away, 10 years ago. I know. It was like this year or last year. I realize that I've been listening to Comptown for almost three years now. Three or four years. That's just hundreds of hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's very palatable though for I mean for a certain person, I guess, <laughs> such as me and you. It really is. It's funny because it's a very like biased podcast if you consider mm -hmm. like pit political and cultural spectrums and right. stuff. It's very as a very narrow lane, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, it's very compelling to hear to hear their dynamic <laughs> it definitely is that like yeah there's references to like yeah they're like the new york culture and scene that just i don't it makes nothing it makes no sense to me but yeah that uh that scene has not like made the big time at all no all of them like got canceled just as they were <laughs> they were getting going and then they tried <laughs> the, the mainstream just tried to replace them yeah yeah, with who? Like, fuck. Chapel? No, Chapo's part of the people who were getting canceled. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. I forget who they were referencing in that article that they brought up in, uh, oh. in that one fairly recent episode. <laughs> that post. Which maybe was almost a year ago, but. <laughs> right, but <laughs> might have been this summer. <laughs> <laughs> the post dirtbag left article? They just yeah. ripped that guy a new one? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. And then, like, filleted their best friend. Right, yeah. Yeah, that stuff is so easy to see now. Maybe it's just because I'm older. But I was mm. just watching some, like, React videos on YouTube. Mm. And I was just like, all of you are just horny. Ha, and you think these people are hot. That's so true, man. And you're just fucking jizzing over something that's very ordinary. <laughs> and just just talking about everything but the looks. Right. <laughs> Watch how they... Yeah, totally... Just lathering on superlatives. Wow, they're having such a good time doing this. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Why don't you just go into the bathroom for 15 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> just constantly gesturing towards their mouths. 
<laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so funny the fucking project veritas video that what it's so funny because it's it's all it's all just gay guys who are getting caught fucking right by veritas which is very funny because it's probably a, a grinder thing but the one guy who was just obviously making references to blowjobs the entire time right. <laughs> was so funny that, yeah, it's like that they're blowing the lid off the culture and that yeah <laughs> it's very funny just going down million dollar home boomer town street talking about that shit <laughs> i did not see them at no all. i didn't see them until the last minute i was like oh, fucking let him say what he's gonna say <laughs> oh man we're talking about blowjob it was very funny though i mean it's news hey it's anyways news. um <laughs> Yeah, so it was very funny how he was just obviously, well, almost all of them in those uh, Veritas things were just trying to get laid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's basically all of pop culture, isn't it? Yeah, it seems just like, like people being horny. But now it's just like so, it's like gotten even more perverse. Yeah, now, now people, well, I don't think they are realizing it because they're part of it, but... Mm-mm. Now it's just getting out there that literally every part of society is just that. I know. Remember when you said that about, what did you, I think maybe you were talking about the park, the park's almanac, and you're like, as soon as it becomes a sex cult, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you just have to lay the groundwork for, for a sex cult and then get out or else you get okay. consumed by it. Oh, 100%. Profit while you can. Yeah. Ride the wave and get out because it you give people you get enough people in there and that's what it'll become yeah so i think you gotta like create some kind of figurehead right some unattainable god figure right you don't actually call god but everything you say around that person is is kind of like that (laughs) like raptor's super fan yeah exactly (laughs) Fucking hell. Just start with the scapegoat and work from there. That's it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's how the IDW was started, to be honest. Which is like, what even is that anymore? It's so atomized. Yeah. It used to be a unit and then they just fucking gave up on it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were put together. Ah. Some kind of publicity thing. Controlled up. And then they uh, they broke up when the contract ran out or whatever. Joe Rogan got his deal. Totally. He got the big payday, man. Whoever else did whatever else. I don't even know. Dave Rubin interviewed Trump for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that Trump has such like strict rules on his uh, such like old timey strict rules right. on his superstardom. You gotta respect it. Yeah, you gotta respect the hustle. He's a real old-fashioned style celebrity. <laughs> that video clip you sent me of him. We <laughs> <laughs> about Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> totally. Oh man, that's so legendary. Man, is that like, like just to sit there and say that right into the lens. <laughs> just for... the economy of words. <laughs> totally. There's no fat in it, no. but you also know he's just riffing. For sure. <laughs> She's also a disgusting person. <laughs> 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 but oh. she's also stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Just absolutely ripping her. Oh, man. I can't think of a better Hollywood epitaph, honestly. No. 
That's like she's a disgusting person. It's, it's but she's also one. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and starting it with the thing about Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> just drawing a line under a person. I want to just have that looping on a screen and have a Christmas party. <laughs> people just come over. It's like just start with the the fireplace channel and then just transition into that. Yeah. What the fuck is this? <laughs> just let it play for an hour. For sure. The click, the remote's broken. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, well, can you mute it? No, I can't. Well, can you turn it off? No, By the I end, don't. people are just, it's like a chorus. For sure. <laughs> but she's also stupid. <laughs> stupid, stupid. You just start skipping. Stupid. <laughs> I wish I could remember more of what he said. I know, it's so great. Oh. He's one of those inimitable people. It's true. Where it's like the like the message under the message he's delivering is what's mm -hmm. what's so special about him. So you can't just do the voice and be doing an impression of him. No. And that's why the Alec Baldwin um, impression so of him bad. is so terrible. Right. It, exactly right. It was bad on the face of it because it wasn't accurate. Yeah. But he didn't get the spirit either. No. I mean, because then he'd have to like actually insult the people that he's. That are paying him. Yeah. <laughs> now, now he says the gun. He was told the gun wasn't loaded. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and I didn't pull the trigger. He said. <laughs> oh, okay. So. What an epitaph. <laughs> yeah, you gotta find. Lady's you, dead. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. That's the shit they make fun of Trump for doing. I exactly. And they're giving him the fucking 60 minutes interview so he can cry and be remorseful. Yeah. Fuck. Is he going to go to jail for that? Probably not. I doubt it. And if he does, it'll be a white-collar jail type situation. Yeah, exactly. And they'll have roles lined up for him afterwards. I mean, it's all too convenient. Like, he's on the brink of irrelevance. Because, like, totally. once, once you become, like, a character on... Saturday Night Live, especially as like a regular actor, right. like it's still a thing that slumming on television isn't like the the greatest sign that your career is going great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like he's doing big movies anymore. Yeah, so we could just like parlay this into a great resurgence when he's older, and get like the the late career buzz or whatever, get a real gritty role and have some Oscar buzz. Honestly, that's in the twilight of his career. We're gonna we're gonna look back on this moment in I don't know five years when he when he does his version of the wrestler, yeah, yeah. When Aronofsky picks him out of the fucking scrap heap, yeah. Starring alongside Timothy Chalamet, that's <laughs> right. They're playing like trans versions of each other <laughs> in different eras. Call me by your gender. Just one of those like tiresome movies where like you can't talk about it without talking about the production process, right? Well, it was, uh, it was 30 days we shot. <laughs> I filleted him four times a day. He filleted me. We really got into each other, you know? We actually, we actually went into the dumpster and found the peach from Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> it, was, it was more than the process. It was, it was vor. We were, we were consuming each other. Vor. Let me, let me just say, Timothy tastes good. <laughs> and he fits right in my mouth. Oh, Jesus. Funny thing about him. <laughs> Just one of those like disturbing jokes that they do on late night shows. It's right. just like a disclosure of how terrible a person they are. I and then the host just like charismas it up. Right. 
<laughs> right in your own, right in your mouth, eh? The fucking the laughter lights just like swing down and smack the audience <laughs> in the face. <laughs> just fucking get the camera over to the fucking band leader and play something, anything for God's sake. <laughs> the fucking line producer's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Viewer count is in the low 10,000s. <laughs> Absolutely. Doesn't matter if the ad buys were on like 30 year contracts. Doesn't matter. Presented by Pfizer. <laughs> that is going to be like. We're at the point now where it's getting too easy to call it. Yeah, I know. It seems like we're on the brink of just a rug pull where they'll just it like start everything over. And like we won't know the game again. Right. Well, there were some rumblings. I mean, did you see that? on Twitter floating around was that that clip of Trevor Noah like yeah yeah so that's interesting yeah but it seems like another John Stewart moment where it's just like a controlled op yeah exactly well at the end of that clip he does some kowtowing I forget what he says at the end oh interesting but it pretty much negates like the original part of his statement that would like pull you in <laughs> typical I had like a line of text um outlined for that and I called that one the pledge okay and then I found another video of Ron Paul talking about how society works <laughs> I'd labeled that the turn nice and then there was some like Roman guy who was likened to Santa in a uh, in a in a meme or a macro or whatever okay in terms of like Santa Claus is coming to town lyrics oh and then I called that the prestige Interesting. The pledge, the turn, and the prestige. It was very, uh, it was very direct links to, to, um, mythologies about Satan with oh. the Santa, the Santa themes. Interesting. Oh yeah, Santa for sure. Santa was a shaman that snuck into your house, and yeah. gave you mushrooms. <laughs> the children especially. Right. Now we put children on Santa's lap. Oh gee. That's true. I just saw, I saw some ad on Twitter. I spent way too much time on Twitter this week. It just corrupted me. I looked at myself in the mirror on today before I left work. I was like, oh, fuck. I need a vacation. I'm a user. <laughs> I am a user, man. I look like fucking the guy who played Goldberg in Mighty Ducks. <laughs> just gone. Uh, it was like the Foo Fighters are making some album and then like a really like a related video project and it's all just like satanic and demon themes. Oh, is it? I'm like, you, you actually can't just do that, I don't think. Is that why Dave Grohl is wearing the upside down cross and stuff like that? Oh, see? Everyone's just, everyone's just, <laughs> just so jealous of Lil Nas X that they're just going to do the most now. Right, right. And just like disclose their shittiness. <laughs> It's like, yeah, but did he let Elton John fuck that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we, we bested the counterculture. We went down to 11. <laughs> right. Oh, man. What the fuck? We ate the babies. They just... They just sacrificed them. Right, right. At least we put them to good use. Yeah, it was crazy last year when, like, the rumors about them using uh, uh, the blood of young people for, like, right. rejuvenation therapies was, like, a conspiracy theory. 
and then like a week later it was confirmed. <laughs> that was so nuts. Is that not is that Regeneron or what is it again? Something? I think it's one of those, yeah. Tron. Yeah, I mean I'm sure. Like in my heart of hearts I believe it all, but I you just would never say that <laughs> except I just did. You know, it's like nothing would like I wouldn't really be shocked. I mean if you look at history and like the way people have acted, what people learned about evolution and all of a sudden they just like became saints or something right right it doesn't make any sense this like delusion of right um exactly right average people being good yeah was it i think it was just this week you said like evil is more common than sense yeah uh, yeah like all of yeah exactly right all of human history has been bloodshed and suffering yeah until when Oh, yeah, evolution, that's a good turning point. Or, uh, this is fucking concussion alley right here. <laughs> it's like that fucking woman in New York. It's a great way to stay in shape. Because it <laughs> runs away, just fucking... Just eat shit. <laughs> legs go out. Oh, yeah! Back of her right. head on the ice. Was she... Oh, right, they were interviewing her in a fucking blizzard? Yeah. It's a great way to stay in shape, plant. <laughs> Dude. Just the worst way to fall. Just the entire spine against against the ice. Oh, just, yeah, just no amount of fucking stretching is going to bring that back. It was so bad, like, so horrible to watch because just the mechanics of it, you know that she wasn't, like, able to recover even if she wanted to. The instincts weren't there. Her legs just locked up and then she went down. <laughs> Dude, I don't, know, I don't know how it happened, but I'm at... I'm at the at the CBC office and this guy he's this fucking just classic been in news for 40 years just couldn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. He's like, woman got hit by a bus today. Eh? I was like, that that sucks. He's like, yeah, here, watch. <laughs> Somehow he's got the clip on oh, really? loaded up in the editing suite. <laughs> we watched it so many times. Oh no. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Fuck. He's just like he's like, is he? Oh, fuck. Was that on 109th Street? It there? was. Yeah. Oh fuck. Oh, did she die? I oh. think so. Oh, fuck, okay. I'm gonna stop then. <laughs> well, I'll take this out, but... I don't know, I I only um, glimpsed half of a headline, oh. so I'm not sure. God damn, it was brutal, man. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna take this out, but just like forward, reverse, forward, reverse, just watching it is like, Jesus, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that's so fucked. Well, fucking that parking ban shit, it just reminded me of just how much the engineers have taken control of society since the <laughs> pandemic started and how inhuman so many things are. Well, I know it's like it hasn't snowed in two weeks. Yeah. What are we, what are we clearing? The engineers have taken over society. Yeah, on some spreadsheet, it all makes sense. We'll have all the snow cleared by the end of February. Well, like all the road construction that just never ends. Never ends. All like their their campaign to get people to understand zipper merging, as if it's just like learning the alphabet. It's like everybody has to buy into the zipper merge. Yeah, it's very fucking communist. Like there's nothing <laughs> anarchic about it at all. It's just you will comply to this. We know what's better better for you. It is interesting, eh? Do you think there's other big cities around the world that don't fucking, you know, tr treat their citizens like that? <laughs> or do you just have to? I think probably, like, the really 
outwardly crime-riddled ones like the mega cities maybe don't. Right. But because fuck it. Yeah. Because they got that Soros money. Yeah. Yeah, they're fully captured by Soros, so it's just bombs going off everywhere. <laughs> Zipper merge. Never heard of her. <laughs> Zipper merge. That's conservative. <laughs> Yeah. 14 people dead this afternoon <laughs> in the zipper merge explosion. In Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> A zipper merge incident. Reporting Ten carbons were killed. Reporting live from Kuala Lumpur. Bong. Oh man, that's fucked up. Tensions rise in Southeast Asia. <laughs> you got it. Just the fucking foreign correspondent who hasn't been home in 10 years. <laughs> just at the site, just standing on the corpse. Bodies littering the street. <laughs> just in that, like the short cutaways of them, like 50 million people pass by one intersection. For <laughs> sure. Just like mopeds with seven people on them. Yeah. <laughs> There's like 84 power lines going to one pole. We're just trying to yell through the stench. <laughs> Carbon littered the streets. <laughs> just through the fucking open sewage drain. There's just a person just fucking just floating down. <laughs> News for a global society. <laughs> News for a silicone society. Let's equalize ourselves with that. <laughs> You'd think with all the aid we were sending these places for generations that we'd be closer to some kind of convergence, but it really seems huh. like we just spent our way into that state. Pretty much. <laughs> exactly right. You'd think at some point. Instead, you just have sex tourism. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny how you see some of that shit on Twitter in like the middle of the week in the morning and it just, it sends you. <laughs> and then by, by Friday night, I'm just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I got the rage out. Oh, old girl going to breakfast dressed like a homie. Gets <laughs> treated like a homie. Oh man. Fuck man, that 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 got me. That took over my Wednesday or whatever day that was. <laughs> that thread was terrible. Man. It's hilarious just how little education does for people. Like you can form sentences with um, complete clauses, mm -hmm. but there's nothing behind it at all, and you're actually owning yourself. <laughs> that was tremendous, yeah. Like, they're literally the most educated class of people, yeah. and they've just been going out sad forever. <laughs> on, that, on, that, <laughs> on that Minister Jap um, <laughs> okay, podcast, when the, when the calls start coming in, it's the greatest shit. Like, okay. the last hour of it is just calls. Yes. And there's no other place I've seen where just like, 
like straight black men just have their their say on things like that hasn't been the case for the longest time maybe the early 90s and it's just the way they just itemized how bad <laughs> black, black women have got it off like hold on guys like you're the least desired people on the planet and you have that attitude we're number two almost number one and you'll never be number one <laughs> like, fuck <laughs> jesus that's savage it was an absolute it was just yeah just a bloodbath just, it really was you need to did he he didn't address that thread specifically did he it was no just, no there's enough of it going around that you can Oh, it's a whole culture of things. I mean, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj were number one on the Billboard charts right. in the past year or so. That's the that's the direction of that specific culture. But then I listen to country radio, and it's going exactly the same way uh -huh. for that for that fan base. Like, goddamn, talk about transgender animus. Oh. Every male country singer is just like Bitching. just singing for women. <laughs> totally. I'm gonna put a ring on <laughs> And we're drinking bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always just like drinking bourbon. I'm a cuck, <laughs> but I also love you and I'm gonna give you everything. Right. And my truck sucks. And my truck sucks and I'm gonna cry about it. Yeah. And <laughs> those songs just make all the girls go, Ooh. Right. Let me stomp on your nuts with my high heels, is what they really think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean... Now, is, is it like a chicken or the egg thing where it's like the people, the culture is producing that art? Or is the art producing the culture? Yeah, who knows where it started. It certainly like started when the, when the culture split away from the church it always seems like there's a coming together and then a separation interesting and then we get advances in culture technically when it separates but hmm. it's definitely a degeneration overall totally degeneration is right because like we wouldn't have western culture if the music didn't come out of the black church and become profane mm. but then we wouldn't have the black church if the propane uh, the profane <laughs> culture of uh, propane Propane, propane. <laughs> Pro She's sassy. Um, the so profane sassy. Uh, culture of whatever African diaspora right. was around the world didn't get hoovered into the church. Interesting. Yeah, so it's 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 probably impossible to say. It's yeah, just it's, a backfill and a fill-in. and Yeah, because it's the same thing with European folk music, too. Okay. Because that like went into the church and then came out of the church and then back into the church. Huh. And now like country music is super Christian, even though they're talking about the most profane shit you can think of. Oh, yeah. That, that always seemed funny to me that they incorporate the church as just kind of another trope to put alongside John yeah. Deere and, you know, yeah. drinking. And well, what was that Keith Urban song? John Cougar, John Deere, John 316 or something uh, that, like that. I mean... That that's really it. <laughs> Just shirk. For sure. I'm a human shirk billboard. materialism and human billboard. Yeah. I don't. I think I said this before, but like when I was, I don't know, getting into like the skate phase in grade seven. Yeah. And all the clothes are just like the logo of the brand. Yeah. 
And Jerry's like, what are you, a human billboard? <laughs> it's like, fuck. Yeah, like I had no idea what that was or where it came from. That was just what was in the stores when I went shopping. Mm-hmm. And I knew I didn't want to necessarily just have somebody's name on it. Right. But I didn't understand that that was just somebody who was an entrepreneur who like started something far away and they like, True. they made it. Right. And that it was probably, well, I don't know about Canada, but probably just as easy to do it anywhere in the world. Um, and I remember like Ian was into like making t-shirts and stuff. Okay. And I don't know if it's just an upper middle class thing where like you you get those opportunities when you're at a certain socioeconomic mm. class or whatever, but Could be. or you have access to it or more people around yeah. you are doing it. But it just seems so weird to be paying money for like shitty quality stuff I know. made by somebody else with their name on it. Uh, I yeah, you couldn't be more I mean that's it. Like you pay it's shit quality and you're just advertising for somebody else who had the wherewithal just to put themselves out there yeah and then even worse that most of that stuff was being made in china so it wasn't even like helping prop up the society that we live in <laughs> right exactly. it was actively arming the enemies of <laughs> our society yeah it was just fucking shallow capitalism yeah which was bolstered by the the crony uh conservatives of the bush era mm. and all that propaganda Snoop Dogg made an interesting point on, on Joe Rogan a few No, he didn't. <laughs> Sorry. I sort of got this. It wasn't great, but there was one about how rappers in the 90s and such would blow up certain brands just by using them as like, you know, by like making that part of their image. Like, I wear this, I drink this. Yeah. And they didn't, and they just foolishly just did that without any, and the brands just fucking exploded off of their labor. Yeah. And he, he said it took him like 20 years before they realized what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, just getting nothing out of it. Right. And then they go to the brands and the brands just say, fuck you. Why, why would we start paying you now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it became like an arms race of who could be the most like provocative person to, to explode it into a rap career. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it just went too far. And then you get like the blackface clothes suddenly coming out and... Luxury brand lineups. Right. Now all of a sudden the rappers don't want anything to do with it. Right. Now all of a sudden all the rappers are white. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you wear the wig long enough, you become the boop. <laughs> I think that's it. And the original, the original rappers have now come through to the other side where they're just insanely wealthy and now they run all their own brands. Yeah. Like they have their own clothes, liquor real estate (laughs) yeah but you couldn't do that now you couldn't blow up that way now i don't think no i don't think so yeah you have to like start even lower than they did before it's really a degeneration of of all of this oh it totally is man and i always go back to the fucking uh how they say like testosterone and, and hormone levels in men and women are just dropping year over year yeah due to you know, environmental factors and food and shit like that. Like, I think people are just lesser, truly. Yeah, on average, than a hundred years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why the metaverse stuff really, really intrigues me, because it really seems like 
like society had to like lower itself down to that point rather than <laughs> lift itself up. Right. Right. That's exactly right. I couldn't get through that Sam Vac and think about postmodernism. No. What was his? What was kind of the? <laughs> give me the fucking abstract. Um, I don't remember what it. Well. I forget. There was one part that he was talking about that was like exactly what I was talking about in the text thread that I that I linked right. to. I remember it being like, oh yeah. But sometimes it's just too heady. What like, ah. do you the idea of postmodernism and the lack of progress, that's what postmodernism is. He was somehow equating that to narcissism, was he or not even? Yeah, I think so. Because his whole theory is that narcissists are are basically the same as children, hmm. where they don't have enough self to to stand on their own, so mm. they objectivize everything. And without a proper integrative process, they're going to act like children, which is basically just a low IQ state where you don't have any wisdom. Mm. That's pretty interesting. So to treat them like they're disordered or whatever doesn't help them. You have to get to the root of the trauma that's keeping them in that state. Huh. And generally, just uh, just naturally, the process of aging and becoming yourself and puberty and all that should do that. But we have all these societal factors that mm. that uh, slow that process down, and in most cases, just completely stop them. So we have a society of um, adults with the minds of children. Mm. Who are just looking for objects to project on because they have nothing inside. Right. <laughs> Dude, that's... I think that's pretty accurate. It explains a lot. Yeah, and they have nothing to cling on to, so they act out in ways that are basically psychopathic. Because psychopaths are ultimately just um, unintegrated people mm. who are malignant, malignantly unintegrated. Hmm. You either have the covert narcissists or the overt narcissists who are either way um, at at war with the world outside of them mm. and itemizing it in a way that's unsustainable. So when they reach breaks, they uh, they act amorally, mm. either consciously or unconsciously. I think his theory is that the overt narcissists act out like psychopaths and the covert narcissists act out like secondary psychopaths where they don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something horrible. Which is the conception of evil, basically. Oh, yeah. Evil doesn't know itself. Right. And evil acts perpetuate themselves because it's like you're, you're chasing your own tail. Mm. That's interesting. And then that would make sense as to why it's more common. Yeah. Because good would require the labor to become aware and then the, the action yeah like the pain and the integration of that pain is necessary but narcissists avoid those uh, mortifications at all costs basically <laughs> and when they do face the mortifications they, they act out in ways that are un, unproductive right and I think well the way I understand it is Society has kind of limited us to these few styles of being, these mm. personality styles, mainly just because of the rails we're put on through school and society and all that shit, and culture. Mm -hmm. So we kind of have no choice but to react in these predictable ways that conveniently are mitigated by pharmaceutical hmm. um, products. So I think I said in an earlier um, mooncast that 
like all emotions are just commodities mm. in the psychology world right to sell products <laughs> or therapies or whatever that makes sense yeah they put a name on it put it in a box and then they can fucking call it a problem yeah I think you even said that like all emotions are the same emotions. Yeah. Or something like that. They just have the same chemical, right? Uh, chemical response from the body, but we called them something, well, a bunch of things. We said that they were, they had different causes and romanticized them. Right. Could be it, man. Yeah, I don't know. When I started thinking about it that way, I was able to handle emotions a lot mm. with a lot less labor. Just became. Oh, which way are we going? Uh, we gotta just do on this side. Okay. I've definitely gone down this way, and you think you're getting somewhere, and then it's just someone's yard. Oh, okay. Why? Yeah, I don't know. That was back a few months ago when you showed me that word cathexia. Oh yeah. And that actually just changed everything. I was like, yeah, good point. Like, why would I get mad about a thing? Yeah. External to me. It's like, if I fucked up in my life and did something, okay, I could I could be emotional about that. Yeah. But if a thing happens to me, or a thing is happening out there, yeah. what the fuck do I care? Yeah, I think the part of, uh, like, maturing is to realize that interactions are also things, mm. because they don't materially exist. So to be upset about something that doesn't exist, that's just like an interaction, mm. is missing the point where you can do something integrative and learn about yourself and mm -hmm. be better, but there's no real handbook for doing that. My that way is, is to just um, identify and mark every emotion I have and mm. really bring it down to the natural process, which is just a chemical reaction to things and then I don't right. worry right. and eventually it got to the point where I just don't get mad about just frivolous things <laughs> sure I get frustrated about things but it's not like I carry carry them with me right. like other people do like you hold it in you and, t and then the next person who's not talking you just unload it on them <laughs> totally this fucking guy it's like, hey, I wasn't there. He was five seconds late hitting the gas pedal. <laughs> yeah. The light had been green long enough for me to perceive it as green. Yeah. So you I realize that this person was just like screaming into their steering wheel for five minutes. Right, and now they have to tell you about it. Just following that person like two feet behind them right. in the car. You fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, man. That's great, but now that you've told me about that, that scenario now exists in my mind. Yeah. And now I have to fucking cleanse it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. If uh, if interactions are things and people are forcing you to project onto that thing, mm -hmm. you might be wasting your energy in some way. And they might be doing oh. it on purpose. Oof. To your detriment. Like yeah. the news. Like the like news. Like politicians. Right. Exactly right. Like billionaires. <laughs> I, I can handle a certain amount of it. Like if a guy wants to... Like, this is why I hate working in an office. I don't know how you and Keith have done it for so long. When a guy can just be walking down the hall and see you and just stop in. Yeah. And now you're going to unload something on me. Okay, maybe it's funny. Maybe it's cool. Yeah. But maybe it's exactly right. A traffic <laughs> road rage incident that you had. Yeah. And now, but people don't take that into account where it's like, 
that unloading, it has to go somewhere. Yeah. And you just put it on my fucking desk next to my laptop, and now what? Yeah. Now you're walking away like you just took a shit, all relieved. <laughs> well, it is. It is that. Now I have to deal with the fucking pile. That's why at least, like, when I send people things I find online, I try to, like, have it build up to some kind of punchline or whatever. <laughs> so it can be some kind of, like thing that's fun to remember <laughs> right. even if it means like spinning it to like ridiculous levels right that's why like the fact checking thing i find is so evil because to like yeah. to be forced to face life well I, like life in like its totality as like a piece of data that's just right. like inhuman right. is such a such a dark way to view the world <laughs> it absolutely is not only i think the yeah the prevalence of fact checking is only or, risen like it has because of all these fucking useless people who can't who need to be told how to think yeah like you could tell me some wild shit and i'd go well I okay fine that's funny as hell i don't know if it's true yeah but who cares if it's true like i'm not yeah really who cares oh. <laughs> you know it all goes back for me at least to like the i guess the the requirements quote requirements for being a part of society is like you care and you vote mm. and like you offer yourself to this society or else nothing good is going to happen mm -hmm. but then like all the evil shit doesn't stop mm -hmm. and most of that evil shit is done by people participating in this society as right. a result of their like lack of ability to uh, adapt to it and it seems like the people who are adapted to it aren't fucking taking anything into account and they're just letting it flow past them. Fuck. I, I oh man. Exactly right. And so that, why do I have to carry this, like, story of someone else's trauma into my next conversation? <laughs> I, yeah, I think you're right because... Uh, and then people haven't even... When it, in that scenario, the, the person who's dumping it hasn't processed it. And they're, they're dumping it so they don't have to. Yeah. Maybe that worked when, like, your entire town could be walked across within, like, one conversation. But right. when you're so atomized and you're, like, just stopping into completely different worlds, like, people live completely different lives. Mm -hmm. And all you're getting from people is just trauma. <laughs> just unattached trauma that's, like, that's, has no relation to what you're actually experiencing. Yeah, well, exactly right. And now you've got a, a series of systems like social media and now the metaverse where, like, yeah, it's just going to be a web of trauma. Yeah. Like, the trauma is going to be infinitely... Like, the amount of death and murder I've seen on Twitter, like, over the last, <laughs> like, five years. Well, you can't unfollow and block enough accounts to no. keep shit from being retweeted onto, onto your timeline. <laughs> now, do you want to keep going into Terwilliger? Or do you want to just do the big cutting? Um, we can go into Terwilliger. Yeah, we can hang it right, right here. All right. See that other bridge for a change? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw the Rittenhouse shooting on Twitter like the night it happened. Yeah, I think so too. I think I did too. And the, the quote was fucked around and found out. Because <laughs> <laughs> some pedophile was swinging a skateboard at him and got shot. Yeah, it, it couldn't have been a worse scenario. Like, that shit was just literally hell. Oh, man. 
in like the mainstream media um, promoting it as mostly peaceful protests while shit was like lit on fire in the background. Right. And depending on what media you were watching, either you found it, you thought that it was like a race riot or you thought that a bunch of people who lived there were trying to defend themselves. Yeah, exactly there's, right. There's still people online that think Rittenhouse killed a bunch of black people <laughs> and just sure. unloaded on a crowd of black people. <laughs> I'm sure there are, man. I mean, like, talk about Uyghurs. How many of these, like, Black Lives Matter things turned violent, like, as soon as a bunch of, like, upper-middle-class white people came into the fucking thing? <laughs> and, and criminals? I mean, like, recently released criminals? Like, that's just George Soros. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, there was, I think it was Tim Poole who said, maybe not him, but somebody was covering all that shit in, in Wisconsin, and the black community was standing there, members, some people were saying, these people aren't even from this town. They showed up to do this. Yeah. They're, like... At the beginning of the George Floyd riots, you'd see videos on Twitter of, of people who, like, started the protests, like, right as the sun goes down, and you see, like, the... Uh, paramilitary people come out and they right. start smashing up shops. Fuck. You see videos of them like, don't, don't, we're, we're peaceful. <laughs> right. And then uh, those videos stopped popping up. Right. Right, yeah, that ended shortly. Or that, yeah, that, that fucking crazy shit you showed me, that woman who funded all that, all those protests and just like rolled out the U-Haul of, yeah. <laughs> of, of riot gear. Yeah. It's like, what? That's, like, that shit is why I have no, uh, no desire to wade back into the mainstream, because that's what, like, that's what greases the, the shoots for those things to enter the, the distracted minds of people who have better things to do than actually research things. I, I know. And that's what, that's how the whole system survives, is, is people with no agency. Yeah, and then people go around just, like, just quoting Hollywood epitaphs that are just like, just bold-faced lies and that's the only thing they know so they think it's the truth. Those people were protesting at a Black Lives Matter protest, you and know. It was mostly peaceful. Yeah. It was mostly peaceful, but people were shot just not realizing the, the hypocrisy yeah. in the statements. It was mostly peaceful except for the fires and the looting. Yeah. And guys getting their heads kicked in. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you see a clip on Twitter, and it was like this mob of dudes just like kicked the shit out of this guy in Texas, and he was just like, like the face down, ass up, like crippled yeah. position, just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> just laying there. And you got people like David Suzuki, like advocating for that shit. <laughs> Dude, I just happened to be watching live when some reporter asked Kenny about Suzuki. Oh, he doesn't yeah. even listen to the question, and he just he points off screen. Yeah, yeah. And someone hands him a binder. He just opens up that fucking binder. And I have to say, he went to fucking town on Suzuki. Oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> I mean, Suzuki's a radical, and the CBC continues to fund him. And people just, oh, he's just kind old David Suzuki. <laughs> making nature documentaries. I remember that was one of the reasons I dropped out of college is I, in the English class, I had to fucking analyze a David Suzuki article. 
in English class, like just something out of a fucking rag magazine. He is boop, and it was uh, it was so full of shit. And I like my job to get the mark was just 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 to go through the motions like grammatically right, and right. write something about it. But it was just a clear indoctrination play. That's wild. Because like people go to college and then they just leave and never read anything else ever again in their lives <laughs> they never like research anything they write never write anything that they need to edit or source or anything so all they have is those references that sunk cost their degree and right. those are the references they keep so this fucking liberal education is just no it's just locking people into this cycle of believing things they know are inherently good right and, and then yeah, they just get into some niche job in some company where all they have to do is attend meetings and, and write emails and fucking, you know, whatever else. Organized bullshit. Yeah. All the while knowing some shit they learned 10 years ago now. I can't imagine what, what liberal arts is like now. Can you imagine how emboldened some of those professors probably are? Yeah. Well, I mean, you see, like, a lot of the stuff that was happening in, like, 2015, 2016, where professors were out outwardly like saying like if you have certain beliefs then I won't teach you and shit like that right. I remember when I left in 2013 there was clearly a lot of professors who were like leftists but they weren't they weren't that out although it was film theory so there wasn't a lot of room for that I'm sure they were by 2015 oh man I can't imagine I remember one professor using the phrase, those fucking tea party assholes. I <laughs> <laughs> was also the same professor who came to Driftwood five years ago to this day, screening. Oh, yeah. And awesome. shit, all, shit all over it. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's their job. Well, that is it. I got the ten bucks out of them, though. Yeah, that's the thing. I still beat. <laughs> I still beat. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that should have been my response to the email. <laughs> just all lowercase sent from my iPhone. Yeah. I still beef. <laughs> Damn, next time. I feel a correction coming. The middle is way too, uh, way too big. Right. I agree with that. Something's coming. For a, for a kitsch resurgence. <laughs> I like the idea of a kitsch resurgence. There's no way that we can cringe for this long mm -hmm. and not have things actually progress. Because, <laughs> like, cringe and all this postmodernism, it's just like a, like a granular rejection of everything that isn't um, accepted by that small group of people. Right. It's a small group of people that thinks they're way better than they are. Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. What does the kitsch resurgence look like? Like just music for, music and art just for, for shits and giggles? Well, I think um, I received a Christmas card um, <laughs> this past week and it was a Thomas Kincaid picture. Okay. And I was like, we've gotten so far into postmodernism that like, that was like a relief to see. <laughs> just like an impossibly perfect picture of a garden. Yes. Nothing ah, offensive, about, right. offensive about it at all. No, no point to it. Yeah. Right. So whatever that is in every like applicable style. I like that, man. Because that's how the shit started. That like that's how, 
that's how all these movements start. That's how everything new starts is with some kind of reappropriation of of classic themes. Huh. Man, that might be it. We gotta make this generation's Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. Just a fucking love story where he bounces at the end. Yeah. Uh, does he leave or do they leave together? Either way. Smoked a hundred cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think we have but I like this, the kitsch resurgence. Yeah, no preemptive kitsch bullshit where you're just packaging something in kitsch just to um, stick it to people's Right. Stick it to people in the back and make fun of the audience. Right. No, it's just like Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Tarantino was the start of all this bullshit. <laughs> you know? Or yeah, you maybe. Couldn't it just had to be fucking edgy. Yeah. It's like you couldn't just make a movie. Well, that's like the preemptive kitsch thing. Like, Maybe. make your aesthetic right. so big exactly. that you're distracting from just obviously stealing from a bunch of things that people don't know. Right. And just sneering behind the scenes that they don't get it. Right. Well, sucking toes with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so I'm into that. That's why I've... Yeah. yeah. Still life and <laughs> photography could be very pleasing. There's this theory that um, that conservative kind of art comes after after the initial burst of creativity generates something new, huh. and it kind of represents um, kind of deeper themes of like endurance and uh, quality in uh, craftsmanship and all that stuff hmm. because it requires more attention. And uh, as a result, the art that comes from it requires kind of a more refined um, appreciation. So you, instead of uh, like the postmodernist thing where you just follow the script of saying these things are brave and right. progressive and all that, you mm -hmm. actually find tangible reasons. And that's why progressives hate the conservatives so much because they actually like reason things out. Right. <laughs> reason out why all the postmodernist people who end up in jail just look like ghouls <laughs> it's because you came from a single uh, parent home because you're stupid low <laughs> IQ because you've been a whore for 15 plus years because you don't have any real friendships because right. you follow Hollywood trends religiously right because, because you're you an eat, empty vessel yeah because you eat terrible food right exactly Hormonally, you're fucked. Spiritually, you're fucked. Physically, you're fucked. Yeah, and you've been fucked since you were 13 and you decided to follow what everybody else was doing. Yeah, so don't get... And then so now you think you can blame other people for your loss. Well, like that's a fundamental difference between liberalism and conservatism is the, the causticness on... And liberalism is inside. Mm. And the, uh, in conservatism, it's outside. Yeah, you always hear that debate that, like, there's, well, I've heard it, where it's like there's no good conservative art. I, I just don't Yeah, think, it's very stupid. I, I just don't think that's true. That's just postmodernist erasing history up to the point that <laughs> modernism started. Right. And, like, just after Art Nouveau happened, which was just, like, a resurgence of classical themes. Right. 
it's all so convenient and if you that's why they don't like argumentation because you can easily take it back to where they were founded right and it was a bunch of frauds who eventually like walked back their theories even like even the like the progressive philosophers walked back their theories psychologists progressive psychologists walked back their theories politicians walked back their theories well yeah plus to say that is like to to apply the fucking framework of politics to art which isn't always one to one yeah it's like maybe conservatism means something about just like keeping a little bit of it inside not just shitting all over the canvas to feel better yeah well the thing about all these like progressive things in modernism is you get the brutalist aesthetic on the outside and it's supposed to be all colorful and like cosmopolitan on the inside but it always just comes down to cubicles because you shove too many people in there. <laughs> right, right, right. And the part of conservatism is actually like preserving space so people can mm. be individuals, which is mm. what people kind of assume liberalism is, but it really isn't in practice. No, it's not. It's, it's the opposite. It's a space where the individual can coagulate into a mass. Yeah. And when you really like, if you go extreme on like a critique, let's say, of liberalism, it really just turns into like a cult of um, like youth worship mm. to like an extreme level where old people are act, like act young. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, and like cannibalize young people. It just becomes this cycle of basically like pedophilia. Right. Yeah. I mean <laughs> And like the extreme conservative side, like none of those societies exist now outside of religious ones, mainly because they just leave old people in like heightened places um, beyond their uh, their usefulness, and then be they become drags on the system. Huh. And then you get a correction, which is liberalism. So there's no real like happy medium out there. But no, that's for sure. As I said, it's all in the individual and in the family. Right. That's why they don't promote it, because it wouldn't make money. <laughs> exactly right. The, yeah, that's true. The balance exists in the individual, however yeah. you choose to balance it. And in the family is accurate, too. And if you can move that through the generations, then I mean, maybe you're on to something. Maybe decentralization will make that possible. I haven't seen anybody make that argument, but if you mm. think of like the Husseins in Iraq, like just using the entire infrastructure of the country to uplift their own family, right. did really well for them. Absolutely. But there was only like one set of utilities for people to use, so everyone else was fucked. <laughs> maybe if things are decentralized, people can trade as equals, but right. I, I doubt that'll happen. Uh. Yeah, I, I somehow just feel like the, the game is rigged too far for that to ever really happen. Yeah, I haven't seen it, at least in my lifetime, happen outside of religious communities or in like the brief flashes of liberal communities Right. Um, before things get uh, sexually abusive usually. <laughs> it always goes there. People start bugging out. Yeah, man, there's something so... I think the greatest grift is, the, is how they've told people that their sexual urges, like even the urge to procreate is somehow paramount and yeah. everything else should just be like <laughs> built around that. Yeah. Like if you could get a hold of yourself in that regard, think of the good or think of the productivity, think of the balance you could achieve. 
Yeah, they make it seem like that's uh, that's the thing you should be studying in depth. Right. Your own boner. Like one into zero needs to be expressed in a billion different ways before we can get the real answer of what the meaning of life is. Right. As if there aren't other things that are going on in the world. Well, exactly. Quit the big eye. Yeah, the whole thing is gross. Yeah. It is. I think I said before on one of the mooncasts. Oh, I think you brought it up on this one. Shit. <laughs> that just things become just sex cults if you let them go on for too long. Right. That, that probably is it. You should do it. Well, I don't know. That'd be some kind of weird, unethical shit, but start some kind of institution and just let it go. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you could look at the church, you could look at the music industry, anything. You know, the film industry? Yeah. I mean, look at how many, like, like even in, like, policing, there's people getting raped. Yeah. It's like, pretty why, crazy. Why is that always It different? really makes you think society is just n- not what we're told it is. No, I don't think it is. I almost think it's too, it's, it's just, it's like the, you know, it's like when Camus talks about the absurd, where it's like, you can't totally understand any of it anyway. Yeah. So... You know, and the the absurdity of that every so often just smacks you in the face. Like when you're driving down from the top of an eight-floor parkade, and you're just driving in circles for 30 seconds down yeah. this. Uh, I was like, what is this? What is this life? I'm driving in fucking circles because I parked my car at the top of this concrete box, so I could walk over to this concrete box and sit in another box. Yeah. <laughs> this is it? It really dawned on me when I had, like traveled to other western countries and just found the same shit with different <laughs> accents. Right. That's it was fun. very, very depressing. I think the worst thing about this pandemic is just how everyone was kind of forced to actually try to take things at face value. Like, I was living a happy life just never paying attention to the news before that and just, like, being kind of entertained by people taking it too seriously and like the Trump era and all that right while things were genuinely getting better in my life right and then like the retribution and rebalancing (laughs) happens and just everything just progressively gets shittier I know man just like at an accelerating rate yeah, it got so shitty and everybody started taking the wrong thing so seriously. Yeah. And just like giving up on their agency and on their dreams. <laughs> like the amount of people I know who aren't connecting that like their stance on what the media is calling conservatism is directly contributing to the inflation that we're experiencing right now. That hmm. it's just, it's, it fucking sucks, man. <laughs> Everything is so goddamn expensive. Oh, it's it's preposterous I was looking at beef in the supermarket I was like well let's have a look at chicken oh well fuck chicken is way more expensive than beef (laughs) beef it is like they're going to roll out the bugs and people are still going to like bristle at the the thought of a conservative (laughs) ideal liberalism (laughs) bug burgers brought to you by liberalism it really makes me angry, honestly. Oh, it's Fucking very easy. horrible. It's a terrible way to live, and there's no prospects for the future at all. No, you're right. And you said it very well right before we cut there. 
the liberalism is like the caustic, what do you say, the causticism is on the inside? Yeah. The only way you can feel good about yourself is if you're like privately, internally just right. chopping yourself down. Right, and it's like, well, I'd be happy to eat bug burgers. Yeah. I'm inherently evil. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, like, you know, I have to excuse my white privilege every time I podcast with you, man. Like, it's yeah. just... I don't we know have to it. acknowledge that people who looked like us stole the land. <laughs> oh, yeah. As if land had never been stolen before. Right. As if land could be stolen. I thought that was their whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, the, ba- the, the mental gymnastics of all that. I thought they were the red man, but all I'm seeing is white people. Wasn't it like when when they showed up in certain parts of Texas, Texas and Oklahoma, like the Comanches were raping and enslaving other tribes? Yeah. It's like, do you think that we brought that to the West? <laughs> because that was here. It was literally everywhere. I mean, show me a nation that isn't built on blood. Oh, that's what the vacuum thing was. Um, it was a. Uh, it was that he was saying. You were eating bug burgers. Is that you saying that? Um, ah, fuck! I think I lost it again. That's oh, alright. Something about evil. Um, nope, I lost it. Oh, one thing I was thinking about is that evil is like a, It's a. Oh, he was saying that all these progressive uh, cults are are trying to improve the world. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing by improving it is actually just causing its ruination. Right, right. Because all the cults do is try to do something to make the world perfect, but you can't make anything perfect because right. you can't suit everybody. So, just like I've said before, the only social policy that works is genocide. <laughs> it's the only one that's 100% effective. Absolutely. But they're all, like, winning votes and winning hearts and minds by saying that they're going to make things perfect. Right. It's just an inherent evil, which is something we have to live with, but it's certainly, I think, not something that we should ratify into public policy that we're going to make the world a perfect place. But here I am in Canada, and that's uh, that's what we're supposed to believe. So. I've been hearing, uh, man, that's how I know the, whatever it is, the synchronicity is happening again for me, where this idea of whatever we're doing is actually driving the results in the opposite way. Like, continued mass ongoing vaccination leads to mutations in a virus. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, it, it will never end. As if we didn't have a generation of science fiction movies where superbugs were built by yeah. um, overpopulating um, the masses with medications and creating superbugs. Now we're <laughs> literally doing it. Remember when they used to say, not all bugs need drugs? Yeah. Just wash your hands? God forbid. God forbid. Well, here we are. <laughs> God, forbid, God forbid you mention uh, how the stocks of these pharmaceutical companies oh. have been skyrocketing. <laughs> and how they also have zero liability. Right. For anything that goes wrong. <laughs> and how we've actually reached the point where the booster thing is reality. Oh yeah, it's coming. Now they say, vaccinate the kids and boomers get your boosters. Wow. And Germany's locking down all unvaccinated. Dude, isn't that... And Austria trying to get 100% vaccinated by February. 
Did I send you that link of that German politician talking about maybe just just kind of just forgetting the Nuremberg Code for a little while? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> from never, someone said from never again to twice in one lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's, I mean, some people have been talking about this from the very beginning. If you start starting on this path, you're going to end up exactly where we were. I know, it's unbelievable. And <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. People voted for it. They unpersoned the people around them who yep. warned of it. The media got in on it. Yep. Yeah, man, it's... Uh... It may, it's when you, you, you hear those stories from the 40s where it was like, well, it didn't, you know, it was one at a time, one block at a time. Yeah. And here we now come almost two years and it's like, oh, oops. Yeah, I've literally gotten to the point, like, I already did preemptively just remove those people from my life when I saw that they weren't taking this seriously. Okay. And they were just following what the news was telling them. Because it was very obviously lies, like the flip-flop on masks should have been an indication to everybody who was paying attention that things weren't as they seemed. Damn. But then the numbers started coming out. Then uh, vaccines started coming out and what the news was reporting was not what the pharmaceutical companies were reporting because the pharmaceutical companies can't promise things that they can't deliver. Right. But the news can. The news can say it cures mm -hmm. the disease when it clearly doesn't. No. So then they're lying about masks. Wow. So if they're lying about masks, then they're lying about the data that's coming out about it. If they're lying about the data that's coming out about it, they have to be lying about the cure to it. Yep. Yeah. And the way they walked back, the, remember, was that a few months ago, they had all those clips of, like, the vaccine's 100% effective. It's 97% effective. It's 86% effective. Yeah. I was called unvaccinated by somebody <laughs> in the medical field, and it really, like, had the twinge of, oh, you're a Jew type <laughs> of thing. It was very, like, a sneered, Unbelievable. A sneered thing. Oh. Beta male healthcare worker. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I look forward to the gulag. Yeah, well, we... will set me free. <laughs> Yo, the gulag is going to be lit because you'll just be in the metaverse, which will yeah. be in the gulag. Yep. So it's like, whatever. Where are you really? <laughs> You're in South Korea, man. I mean, I was already in the gulag, so... Oh, I think we're What's born. another one? We're born into the gulag, man. <laughs> So I always loved about those French existentialists. They'd say, well, we never chose to even be alive. Yeah. We're thrown. Well, that's why I always disliked about Jordan Peterson was his distancing of what actually happened from what's actually happening right now. Like as much as he was talking about the trans thing. Right. And the um, compelled pronouns. Mm -hmm. He just literally didn't address the fact that society has been malignant for generations, like his entire career society has been like this, but now it's a problem. Very convenient. Yeah, I mean, the more you, the more you watch him operate, the more, you, like he kind of, he is kind of a salesman. Like he just got used to making the money. I mean, I think, I think you can scroll back in the text from like 2018 when I was saying I, I've given up on all charity in his direction. Mm. 
Yeah, it took me a little longer, but I just saw something today where it's like he's doing another 50 city tour for this new book. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> they end the clip with the tour dates and the fucking sample from uh, some Dr. Dre song. Oh, really? What fucking song? You know, the, the classic. Bling, 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 oh, yeah, bling, still bling, Dre. Bling. Yeah. I mean... I would, yeah, I mean, if you would get up on stage and say even a fraction of, of what we're saying, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or what we're talking about when we text, but it's just going to be like, you know, don't be afraid to talk to your mother. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 12 rules for life was the biggest cop out I've ever yeah, seen. That was horrific. And I couldn't even get through it. I it was literally like it. a plea for his own survival. Like he was literally on the track to just being completely sacrificed. For like the little bit, you need to be outside the uh, the bounds of the the media complex, right? And then he comes out with something so fucking mass mass um, appealing. Yeah, so mass appealing. It was just milk toast, man. It was bullshit. Yeah, it just completely perverted anything that seemed to be radical about his stance. Right. And coming from somebody who was basically a liberal and supposedly like an alternative to progressivism, it just reeked of just the classic kind of Canadian progressivism that's <laughs> just, it's so mid, like nothing is being accomplished. It's right. so palatable that it doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's just warm milk after being out on the rink all, 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 all evening. Yeah, it's just super centrist and very, like, patriarchal. Yes. It's like, I've taken the time and the trouble to figure this out. Now you listen to me or else you're going to be going wrong. Right, right, right. Now, I, I, there's some finger wagging going on there, you know. Yeah, I do not respect that in any way. No, man, you, you can't do that to people. I was uh, very sensitive to moralizing well before the pandemic started. Mm. And now it's just fucking... His brand of moralizing is something that I just find very distasteful. Mainly because if I feel like it leads people astray. Like a lot of the people who ended up following him really didn't end up being a crowd that is contributing anything <laughs> to the discourse in any positive way. Or in any way, really any at all well yeah exactly in a similar way to like the taleb people who were just talking mm. about things that are windy and it just became shirk for things that are somewhat aesthetically conservative <laughs> which is just a larp for orthodox christianity <laughs> so it's just more shirk it's just shirk one way or the other yeah i'd say maybe it was because of my more sheltered upbringing that there was a few key points from peterson that i that were helpful to me but then it was like I should have just stopped. Right. It was like, yeah, you're right. No one is coming to save me. I'm inherently responsible for me. Period. Yeah, I feel like I sent you cracked articles that laid out similar things in like 2008. <laughs> oh yeah, well, <laughs> back I was in too... my time when I was like doing self introspection <laughs> and shit. Well, I was too fucking high in 2008. Just hokey bullshit <laughs> written by like failed comedians. Right. Right. You know, you actually have to take response. Yeah, it's like, no shit. But you kind of have to get there yourself. Yeah. I'm the on my 15th failed relationship, and this is how baffled I am about the real world. Sometimes I fall asleep in the bathtub drinking wine. <laughs> it's like, wow. That's, that's trouble. 
<laughs> the best was when he was interviewing Milo, and Milo's like, you know, Jordan, you're really not funny. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I think I like to get a few zingers out on stage. He's like, yes, but you're not funny. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like, that, the whole canceled class of conservatives, who are also very centrist, mm -hmm. ultimately, they were, like, kind of funny. Right. Just because they were being rude. Right, exactly. Exactly. But like... He was like in your face about being gay with an older man. It's like, ooh. Yeah. Fuck you. That's the answer to all of those mouthpieces, man. Yeah, it's really bad. And it's become so apparent that they're just like, want to be politicians. Yeah. Like, they had the opportunity. Well, I mean, Jordan Peterson had, like, all these talks, and he was supposedly, like, in talks to help with a conservative version of Fox News in Canada or something like oh, that. Really? That's interesting. And when they, well, like, that whole IDW University, um, which I think Vaknin also brought up in, in his video there. Yeah, he About how, the, like, yeah. their aim to reform the academy is literally, like, what Hitler was trying to do. Oh, Jesus. They want to bring back Nazism. Uh, the University of Austin. Which was exactly what I was talking about with like veneer, uh, venereal shit. <laughs> Venereality was so good. Yeah. Oh, here, I'll, I'll load up the calculator. Reform uh, institutions that are supposed to fix the world. But ultimately, what you're doing is creating a an institution based on your own ideology and you're the secret mind behind it all. Mm -hmm. So ultimately you're the god behind it while everybody else is in the sex cult. Right. There we go, we finally found our way back. There it is, hello. So I did really want to talk about that <laughs> on this podcast. You are in the sex cult? <laughs> you are a narcissist in the sex cult? <laughs> you are sex with your body, but really it's your mind. <laughs> and everybody in the gulag is enjoying the cricket cheeseburger. Uh, but you cannot. He kind of, it's, we don't quite have it. He, he goes up at the end quite often. Yeah, it's such a, <laughs> like the Israeli accent is very weird because it sounds French, but it's right. also not French. Right. Very not French. <laughs> Really pops on those peas too. Yeah. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah. <laughs> right, so say it again about the narcissistic sex cult. Oh, just that. Uh, well, here's the thing that I think um, is different, and I think um, calling everybody Hitler who's not authoritarian is wrong. Right. Because ultimately, if you have a bunch of narcissists, like it's very clear that the Hitlers and the um, Lenins of the world had a very like structured sense of self, mm. like internal causticity, right, venereality, that type of thing. They're like externalizing their internal processes. But it seems like with this atomized world, we have a bunch of people who are just empty on the inside. Mm. Who are trying to form themselves out of component pieces outside themselves. And if that goes malignant, it will be something completely different than uh, 
the Hitlerian thing. It'll be more similar to what happened with like Napoleon. Ah. Or like Saddam Hussein. Huh. Either way, isn't it all just driven by the egotism? Yeah, but the the function of it, like, you almost have to deal with it in, in different ways. Hmm. So like I was saying with Trump, if you insult him, he's just going to turn that into more ego. Right. He's going to birth more children that look like him. <laughs> you cut the head off the hydra and it, it spawns. multiplies. Right. Very different than the other examples where you can just topple somebody's statue. I think and that's the end of it. This is going to probably take us up into the neighborhood and shit. Okay. I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that that kind of dialectic will turn the markets into a kitsch-favorable environment. Mm. I think that's true. People will be yearning for just the straight goods. Yeah. Something with no agenda. Like, I really think all the postmodernists and progressivists toppling of statues and uh, destroying of edifices and uh -huh. um, taking Aunt Jemima off the bottle and shit like that <laughs> are just opening it up for, like, a vacuum for people to just commodify themselves even more. Mm -hmm. Right, that's a great point. If you take away all those icons, what? Yeah, people have to fill the gap with something. Yeah. It also leaves room, like, I really think in the next 25 years, science is going to get balanced out by a bunch of, like, pagan and metaphysical shit that people thought was right. out-competed by science, but was really just suppressed by media. <laughs> and then we're just going to see that come into daily life again. And the people who aren't prepared for it will just get done. Because some of that shit is just... Oh. Well, I mean, Dude. a perfect example is Midsummer. Coming in from like a hyper uh, technical and database society into some kind of cult situation, right? Right. Just not prepared for any of that, <laughs> and just yeah, and like where the where the gestures and the behaviors were all very venereal, <laughs> yeah, and but also very like pr primitive in some ways, I guess. And he just yeah, he couldn't hang when he got the pube in his sandwich, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Well, I mean, none of them could. That's how no. they all died, is they all expected some kind of structured reality. Uh -huh. But the reality was all based around the girl and her emotions. Right. And, like, they were reflecting her internal state on the outside. Right. And that's how they all got killed. And, like, the, like, the disabled person who was at, like, the center of the cult was, oh, like, yeah. the outward picture of her internal self right disordered and then he was like that state was inflicted on all of her friends and that's how they got rid of them so like that kind of thinking when you let that shit out into the populace <laughs> yeah where do you go from there really yeah honestly i don't have the mental fucking energy to navigate to the hende yeah it's fine 
fuck it. Maybe in the summer. There is something I was going to say that the nighttime moon cast is starting to get old for me. Okay, okay. Yeah, at least like the super late night ones. There's something about like 9 p.m. where I just don't want to be someplace (laughs) that's potentially not safe. That's fair. I feel like it's not doing me any favors. Like, I was fucked up for a couple days after that last moon cast. Oh, I know. I was a different person when I woke up the next day. It wasn't pleasant. And, like, my uh, my ice cleats broke, and, like, oh. a part of them was, like, sticking into my foot, and oh. I didn't realize it. Jesus. Like, my foot. Like, I have a big callus on my foot from that point. Oh. Yeah, well, it's not it's not worth it for this, man. For Really, it's just a... It's not really anything. I mean, it's a different prospect in the daytime, but... There's something about the lunacy of the moon cast that just when you when you're forced into bed directly after it, <laughs> after it the night just goes weird and then the next day it kind of needs to be <laughs> a healing process. Oh, I know the night you it's not it, it's almost like it takes more than a couple days to actually cleanse yourself through the moon cast. Yeah. It, it it's so much like a mushroom trip, man. It really is. There's something to it and I think they're like I think we can eventually settle into something that's maybe uh, perhaps profitable or could be. at least like positive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm good if you want to do that, the Christmas full moon one during the day. We'll find a day. Okay. So we're not getting fucking run over in the streets or something. Howling at the moon. I always think of that thing from last year, whatever it is at that time of year, at the end of December when, I don't know, is it like two planets kind of get really close and make a big thing, and they yeah. call it the Christmas star. And Alex Jones was on Tim Pool and they were talking about the Christmas star! <laughs> well, I mean, there's a solar eclipse tonight at 2-something a.m. Oh, really? I guess it's in the southern hemisphere because it's the solar eclipse, but... right. Lots of fucky shit happens on moon nights. Yeah, it's... And I think, honestly, man, we've, we've kind of tuned our antennas into it. Maybe we just are imagining it, but there's plenty of people who just be like, huh? What? Well, I mean, I think you started this podcast a little bit like that, and <laughs> here you are finding receipts. <laughs> this is true. Like you've been doing it all your life. <laughs> Digging them up. And, like... That's no small thing. Like, that's a fucked up thing that people maybe experience once in their life. Those, like, coincidences. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been endless. But it's been, like, it's multiple times a day. <laughs> like, literally the trending topics <laughs> on social media sites, at least half of them will be applicable to be some, to something that we talked about on the Mooncast. And for, like, two weeks... Like, it's just constant, just daily. I know, I know. And it's new things that we've never heard of, but we also kind of referenced on the Mooncast. It's so, it's so strange. Yeah, man, it's... It makes no real sense, but I would say the entire, the entirety of the pandemic, there's been stretches where it's just... The synchronicity is, it's almost overbearing for me. Yeah. I just, like, too many coincidences. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, it's, it's fucking weird, man. I don't know what to do with it, but I, I'm also concerned that other people aren't seeing it. Hey, that is concerning. 
because a lot of it like has very real implications. Like the like the whole Epstein case <laughs> is so messed up. Yeah, and even now, like the whole like Roe versus Wade uh, mm. abortion debate, like people don't know what abortion is. <laughs> like they actually don't know what it is. Right. And, like they haven't seen one. No, that's true. Like they li- like the ones the people who are doing it are just like. Set like they separate themselves from the process and like abstract it, even though it's happening inside their bodies. It's 44 weeks. That's how long it can go. Yeah. It's a it's a live infant. There's a picture. Like one of the propaganda things that was against abortion, and it was like an ultrasound picture of a baby, like in the womb with like it's like sleeping. Okay. And then like a few weeks later, the baby outside the womb sleeping in the exact same position, just looking exactly the same. Fuck. And it's like that would have been aborted under the the current laws. <laughs> People don't seem to care. No, for a long, long time I didn't care. Personally, I was—I didn't give a fuck if people wanted to do it. Now I just—I don't know enough to. I mean, I don't know how to follow up my heart on that one. You seem a bit more set. How yeah, you I'm feel 100% about it. hardline against it. Hmm. It's as if, well, I don't understand how we live in 2021 and that's still something that's acceptable. Like the, like we don't have contingencies for those situations. But. Well, yeah, I mean, it says a lot as far as how the how our species behaves nowadays. All consequences can be rendered inconsequential. I can act however I want. Yeah, like the, the culpability, like the responsibility for reproductive processes has completely been removed from right. a certain side of the debate. Because if there isn't a full cycle, it's only about the now. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like having a baby, right. so let's get it out of me. Mm-hmm. It can't speak for itself, so fuck, fuck it. it. Send it to Pittsburgh. That's right. Skin it. Oh. Throw it in a vaccine. Skin it alive. Oh. Keep the babies comfortable. Yeah, and like viability is in the Roe versus Wade thing. Hmm. Really? It's baked in. Yeah, it's uh. one of the terms. Yeah, that's, it's just so, it is demonic in some ways that, that that is seen as a victory. And then they just, they just, they shoot it through with the fucking gestural identarian shit where it's like, well, it's a victory for women. It's like, is it? 1971, man. It ruined everything. <laughs> that's so funny. I was just listening to Locomotive Breath came on the radio. And that was Jethro Tull, 1971. Okay. And they said after, they said that was kind of his, he was noticing overcrowding in the population, and that was kind of where he was at when he wrote that song. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Well. (laughs) You got it. 1971 ruined everything. Yeah, I don't know. With most things, 
especially things like abortion where people have just been like trained to look the other way to be in polite society. Yeah. I just decide not to lay out the facts because that's just cruel. <laughs> it's one of those things where people don't realize that they're in their emotions about it. Right. And you start laying out facts and the defenses start coming and mm -hmm. they're not making logical sense. Right, because they're coming from the place of their own, their own yeah, hurt feelings. Yeah. It's like distance yourself from it, huh? And then tell me. And then the assumptions that it's, like, it's with everything, like, health-related, that you have to be religious to have an objective, or, sorry, an objection to what's going on in science and healthcare. Mm. Like, you can't have moral grounds without, uh, without either being a scientist or without being religious. Because if there isn't more than half of the population who don't participate in either of those things. Right. Well, so in so many ways, science and healthcare has become the religious stand-in for, yeah. that, for that need to understand. And really, they're just as inefficient as religion ever was. <laughs> people don't realize it. Well, of course, they're human systems of thought and human systems of representation. They don't, they don't even scratch the surface. Like, religions have definitions for data points, too. Right. It's not like a right. scientific data is some kind of sacred thing that's purely objective. Yeah, exactly. Because you're assigning meaning to data in the end. Exactly right. And, you know, you could even go even further and talk about how, like, the metrics of which the data is based on are, are also constructed. Yeah. Well, they call them standard measures for a reason. Somebody set the standard. Right. And everybody accepts them. Kind of like the standards set by religions. Huh. And in that case, in like the science and math and all that, it's really only useful comparatively. Like to compare two things by a metric, it's like, okay. Yeah. But to just tell me. Then this. you're in the sacred and profane right. argument again. Right. Right. You probably don't have the argument anymore. It's like, it, it's not worth trying to save the world and, and enlighten other people. Well, it's a ridiculous thing to even consider. Right. I was talking to somebody at work about this, how saving the world is such a, a ridiculous prospect. Because you have no idea what other people are going through to actually save them. <laughs> whether exactly or not they right. need to be saved, whether or not that would be a good thing long term for them. Right. It's such a now point of view to want to save somebody or save the world. Interesting, yeah, there's like, <laughs> there's no long term. There's no long-term strategy to saving the world. It's like, yeah, it's, that's a very flat statement, isn't it? You're in the now, and you're gonna move us to a state of salvation, and then what are we gonna do? Yeah. Saving it from what? Right. Saving it from others. Oh, so what becomes of the others then if you save me? Saving, saving it from others who have assigned people as others. The whole, the whole fucking thing is just constructivism. That's kind of the... I've had a very dark period these past couple months. It's just been, the world's mm. been absolute trash. Mm. 
I just wanted to remove as much of everything I experienced from my life outside of this time hmm. as possible. It re like, in many ways, like I was sent back to the days when I, I just didn't know anything and like experiencing those things again. Hmm. The feeling of having pork in my diet. Just the, just the worst feelings. Right. I feel like I have the opportunity now that it's like back in my view to, to further get rid of those things and hmm. be, a, be, a bit, be a little bit better than myself. That's good. It's good to hear. Although I'd say it was the full moon August mooncast when we went around in Mill Creek that cloudy day. Yeah. From then on, the mooncast has, in my mind, been pretty good. Yeah. At least for me personally. So. Yeah, bit, I enjoy it. A little bit of darkness is maybe necessary. Yeah, I certainly feel like as much as the receipts are rolling in, that things kind of sort themselves out after I see the receipts. Mm. It's like they stop being problems. That is true, man. It's it's not a completely painless process, but it is a process that you do. I don't know if it's understanding or some kind of integration of something into the self. I do wonder if that's partly because we have no audience. <laughs> and there's no be. like discourse could be. Could be. to like keep it alive. No, I know that could be it. It's completely self-contained and without influence. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I met this girl a few weeks ago on the shoot and told her about the podcast and she texts me. Oh, the, the most recent one is four and a half hours long, but it sounds really interesting. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. I was like, well, go for it, but I make no excuses. <laughs> She's like, who's the guy who talks about Steve Bannon? Is that you? I was like, that's not me. <laughs> but I should follow up and see if she actually got through it. That would be incredible. Yeah. I, I, I don't think. Even I didn't try with that one. No. That was such a long night. Holy fuck. It. I have never listened to an episode of the Mooncast, I don't think. I don't know. I've never listened to my own podcast. <laughs> I've listened to a few, but just in the background. <laughs> okay. It's know. not worth it. No. <laughs> I think review is for things that you intend to like. Well, yeah. Make better. I mean, like if you're gonna make an individual episode better, but that doesn't make any sense. No. The whole, the, the most ultimate freedom of the entire podcast project is that I don't have to do anything that I don't feel like doing with it. Yeah. And some people, well, you didn't get better over the course of a year. It's like, wow, that's your, <laughs> that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. As Jeff Bridges would say. And it did get better because it's picking up traction and people are calling me and texting me and saying, I want to do an episode of the podcast to promote this thing. Oh, yeah. Well, there, so, you there you go. There you go. We can do it, and my seven viewers will enjoy it, and then you can take it and send it to your seven viewers. Yeah. But that's 14 more people than would have known about it. It is a platform for the marketing machine. That's all it is, man. It's a type of thing to do.
Another thing about kitsch is it's terrible for marketing because it just blends in. Mm. So it's not just wanton attention seeking. Right. That, yeah. That's why Thomas Kincaid's paintings ended up in the most houses <laughs> of any other like piece of art. Because it was inoffensive. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> It'd be interesting to trace the lineage of like when art suddenly became less about representation of God's glory and more about some kind of personal <laughs> agenda. Right. It'd be hard to find because the liberals have been in charge of art for a long time. Right. But yeah, I'll never right. tire of saying it sucks. Like <laughs> art on the whole is mid. It's just just the average of of culture. Mm. But I really think liberal art is just bad. And the best it gets is like, basically sports where it's like performers being great. Mm. And the worst it gets is when it's just like zeitgeist stuff. Right, right, right. That's just disposable because it's being bolstered by the media machine. Right. And it, when you look at that now, it's just a, a creation of content real estate on which to sell advertising and to promote agendas. Yeah. It's really quite sickening. And now it's going to go 4D with the metaverse. <laughs> right. You get like the there's going to be space for the cults of personality to like have room to huh. be cultivated behind the NFTs. <laughs> right. But you can check out a 3D model of that NFT in this public space in the metaverse. Yeah, and you can also go into the clubhouse of the person who made it and then watch a four-hour Twitch stream of how he makes his monkey pictures. <laughs> I've never seen an NFT that moved me to anything other than just go, why? Yeah, I, I, like I've seen some impressive feats of art in some mm -hmm. of the NFTs, but those are also the ones that are not making any money. Hmm. Well, that's <laughs> pretty typical, right? Impressive feats of art don't make much money. Yeah, it's going to turn into another market where it's just hot people yeah. with bare minimum resources selling themselves through whatever <laughs> the, the thing is. It's an excuse for horny people to send money their way. That's all it is, man. I just make my monthly dollop of, of real fiat cash into <laughs> long-term holds on the stock market. Yeah. I wonder if any of the progressives did a study on the on the transaction, the capitalistic transaction as a proxy for sexual transactions. Hmm. I don't think they would because that would ruin their entire thing. <laughs> yeah. What That's with the, the free love and the abortion and all those excuses. That's the grift, man. <laughs> free love on the free love freeway. Never talk about costs because Postmodernism pays for itself. That's right. Never talk about cost because postmodernism pays for itself. Like the whole modern monetary theory where all this stimulus that and all the money printing that's happening is just gonna not be a problem. But not be a problem means that the boomers get to live an extra 50 years in the place they are. And the rest of us get to pay it off with our generation, the next generation, and the generation after. Because they can't, like, they're just 
not going to call it debt. No. <laughs> but everything's going to be costing more and nobody's going to be able to retire or own things again. Oh, fuck no. But it's not debt. It's not debt. Now they tried that shit with that big old stimulus bill. It's, it's the cost to the people is zero. Okay, yeah. and then the price of every fucking commodity went through the roof. Yeah. Well, we're taxing the rich. <laughs> but the rich make things and they're going to up their prices. Yeah. It's like, who do you think pays the most taxes anyway? The people with most money. Let's make them angry so they offshore their stuff. <laughs> and they can improve their profit margins exactly. at the expense of the people who rely on their products. And then have those people that rely on the products demonize them to the point where they don't feel anything for them anymore. <laughs> and they're living in fucking Southeast Asia. Yeah, they tried that in California, so now they just keep going, chase them right out. Yep. <laughs> this mooncast is getting salty. There is a big part of me that is very angry going into this. <laughs> That's fair. So it's fine. I know. All I know is as soon as I get the opportunity, I'm going to be trading off the failures of these people who tried to ring in these changes. We're ultimately just useful, useful idiots for whoever is going to be in power next. I'm ready to go all in in the next depression, basically, and be the one who <laughs> held while things were at the bottom. That's the way to do it, man. Buy the fucking dip of the culture. And everybody panics and does the stupid thing, whatever the modern equivalent of moving into the cities is. I'll be going in the opposite direction. <laughs> not, yeah, the modern equivalent will be moving into a fucking pod. Yeah. Oh, it's not so bad. Sold everything I owned, everything I shirked for. Mm, everything I shirked for. But you know, when I go in the metaverse, it's still all there. I got free Disney Plus. <laughs> you know they have every episode of The Simpsons on there? <laughs> oh, okay. The show hasn't been funny in 20 years. Everything I shirked for. Well, honestly, it's fucking... <laughs> I've let go of so much shit, like, since the pandemic happened that I just... I just let them be memories and maybe right. they're fond memories to me, but I really don't feel any need to, like, go back to them and have them soothe me. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's maturing. I think that's probably it, man. But it's, uh, it's certainly a lonely road because it's not common. Well, it is. I mean, plenty of people are clinging on to their their past, right? Yeah, because I'd rather be like my own self as like an unedited, unperfected embarrassment that makes people cringe than be anything referential right. to this shitty society we have right. now that are accepting the worst conditions I can think of in the Western world as somehow noble. Yeah, I think that's true, man. I think we're we're watching the the we're watching the creation of totalitarianism in the West and people 
are, are happy to <laughs> make this culture part of their identity, it's like, well, this is what you get. It seems like so many people are in line thinking that there's still a future for them, like they're going to get their right. their plot of land and their, their ownership of right. a piece of society. Right. In the meantime, having no idea what the stock markets have been doing since the pandemic started or what's valuable and what's not, right. why the toilet paper disappeared, right. why store shelves are empty. It, like, we're actually at war. Uh-huh. I mean, China actually declared war on America on their news programs. They're literally like gamifying the fucking war against America. They're putting up movies about defeating right. America. Yep. And people are out here watching whatever the fuck new Marvel thing is out on Disney Plus. Which they like, then recut based on Chinese censors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it, in two years everything went to shit. Yeah, we, we're, liber- we're literally living in a third world country right now, and it <laughs> hasn't dawned on people yet. But it's very much that case. Like, not being able to park in the rich part of town is very third world country type of shit. <laughs> That's like gated community. Sure. But even worse, because the police are literally the armed guards of the rich people. Always have been. And now it's out in the open. Yeah, and they and they, and what you said earlier about the engineers taking over. It's like the, the changes have been made. They're so faceless, made by this bureaucracy. Yeah, and I wonder where they live. <sighs> uh, right where you couldn't park, probably. Yeah. Right, it, right yeah. in all those new bike lane areas. Yeah. And the the puppet, the outward facing leaders, go out and say that this is all for your safety. Yeah. All the places that were first to be plowed and sanded when the snowstorm happened. Right, right. I was all over the city at that time, and there were places that were like three days behind. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I mean, there's roads that still aren't. (laughs) And so this is a city of one million people. Now imagine a city of 10 million. Yeah. Yeah, imagine a Canadian city of 10 million people where you complain to the media and they spin it in the favor of the people you're complaining against. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, imagine, yeah, a city of 10 million people in a region with very little natural resources. It's just like a shipping hub. <laughs> you're just in a culture of open holes. Imagine the cognitive dissonance that the people in Vancouver are facing right now. <laughs> You're living on an island. Right. Being taxed out the ass. And you literally can't drive <laughs> in inland. <laughs> what went wrong there? <laughs> meanwhile, it's meanwhile it's uh, you you're having the fucking biblical flood. Yeah. And you you're thinking, hmm. What went wrong? Remember how the Chinese real estate firms own like most of Vancouver? Yeah. <laughs> oh geez. There's the empty towers. <laughs> Owned by foreign countries. Towers full of carbon. Like how is that not an issue for America? Is it just because the 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 West well all the coastal states are 
democratic? Is that why it's not a problem for them? Um, I think that's probably part of it. Dumb fucking self-absorbed liberals who haven't, you know... Who don't believe in borders, right. but also don't believe in defending themselves. All right. <laughs> I'm not saying that I wouldn't mind China fucking around and finding out that it's a bunch of beta males on the coast. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing to witness. I mean, you say it and it, it feels like in our lifetime that is the play. Like, why wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, they're saying they're going to do it in Taiwan, so why wouldn't they take it a little bit further? They, they literally just did it in Hong Kong. And the pandemic, like, ended that story. But they literally marched in there and took it over. I mean, really... At some point, that at some point, the the shift has to occur, and there's got to be that inciting incident where somebody makes the move. Yeah, and nobody seems to have any idea of the geopolitical landscape. Could people even point out Pakistan on the map? How many years of like wars and conflicts on that one fucking parallel do we need to have marching towards China? Right we need to have before we realize that one, the warmongers are really winning, and two, that the center of the world has not been where, we, where we're told is mm -hmm. it is by the media. I think I sent you a text a, a while back that when they made a bunch of deals, Hollywood um, production companies made a bunch of deals with China, that it's pretty much over. And like, we're really getting there at an accelerated pace. Right, I'm sure of it. I don't know how many more intellectual properties Disney has left to buy, but they really don't need to exist in, uh, in America exclusively anymore. <laughs> you just sanitize everything. Right. Then it'll be fit for any market. Yes, and the American dream comes to an end. So I found so striking about um, inherent vice because it really was that mm -hmm. at the root of it, that story. The end of an era? The fact that you can't hold, you can't have your cake and eat it too, like the. Um, the Shasta character was like a proxy for the West Coast manifest destiny being something that will never end and it ultimately can't be held by one thing forever. Uh. So her being taken away by the, I think, Chinese shipping vessel or whatever <laughs> and just having them do, hmm. have their way with her was just like a kind of a metaphor for what the uh, the American Manifest Destiny did to the land originally. Right. That's interesting how it just moved through in a way. The Golden Fang was the name of the vessel. Yeah. <laughs> the Golden Fang. I gotta watch that movie again. I, I really know. liked it. It was great.
Yeah, there's such cool shit in that movie. Josh Brolin at the end. Yeah. Just kicks down the door, <laughs> stomps in. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I remember reading something about how Paul Thomas Anderson would like, they'd be there, they'd be on set, they'd start blocking the scene, they'd shoot the scene, then they'd just be like, nah, back to the drawing board, just re mold the scene new again. Yeah. It's like, fuck, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. It's like, I can't imagine getting through a scene, being like, we've got it, and then being like, but no. <laughs> Yeah, to do that at that scale is pretty crazy. It is. I can't imagine what the schedule looks like for something like that, where it's like, you know, we might shoot this movie in two weeks, we might shoot it in a year. Yeah. We might shoot every scene four times. So I get in an elevator in this downtown office building and a woman gets into the elevator and she's a, I'll just say she's a personality on TV. Okay. And she says, and there's three of us in the elevator. She says, well, there's only supposed to be two of us in the elevator. I was like, okay. I was here first. Like, what do you want me to do about that? Yeah. She's like, well, I'm really hoping the vaccine does its job here. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, you guys are all vaccinated. I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't think that matters. <laughs> and what I meant by that is like the vaccine clearly doesn't really do anything. Yeah. She's like, it does. What do you mean it doesn't matter? I'm like, okay. <laughs> this is gonna be one awkward fucking elevator ride now. Yeah. But I just couldn't believe it. I thought that was like a liberal meme to, to look at life and that way to get into an elevator say that we're all morally repugnant just for being there yeah like literally <laughs> a land acknowledgement in an elevator yeah i acknowledge that we're not supposed to be in this elevator and yet somehow we have to get down to where you parked your seventy thousand dollar lexus so yeah. it really is like that's literally a heil hitler moment <laughs> where like you do the salute even though they're not there right you should have just said, hail, hail, Dr. God. <laughs> I should have. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, you know Dr. God. Hail, Dr. God. He is science. <laughs> he has to laugh. <laughs> hail, Dr. God. He is the science. God damn, that's funny as shit. Yeah, people are going to eat it up, though. Yep, they're going to love it. You're going to line up for that third shot. Right in the ass. 
And I don't even think it's going to be a new version of it. I think they're still working on the old stock. Oh yeah, it's just more of the same. Like it is what it is. It seems to have done something. It's not like it's nothing, but right. certainly to uh, some people it was completely unnecessary. Oh, God. Ah, fuck. It might be controversial, but it really seems like it's obvious that they could have just locked down the old people. Yep. And we would have been fine. Oh, I, I think that's true, man, honestly. Like, just lock down the old people and do nothing else, and I think the world would have been fine. Right, and I remember having that argue, that discussion, it sounds like, well, it's such a connected society. It's like, no, truly, lock down the old people. <laughs> Not this half-assed bullshit where it's like, but one person from one house can go and fuck grandma. Yeah. It's like, no, nobody. Yeah. Connected society. Has anyone talked to a boomer in the last five years? <laughs> yeah. They built mausoleums for themselves, just locked the door for a bit. So many of them, man. A lifetime of work in a flourishing economy, you got a big fucking house with a big fucking TV. Yeah. Why don't you just fuck off for a couple of years? Instead, let's just burn the rest of the building potential of society. Right. Through stimulus. <laughs> I just, I bought Alex Berenson's book. I don't know who that is. Oh, I thought you did. You sent me something from his Substack once. Okay. I, uh, I don't pay attention to the names of people. <laughs> That's good. We're in the post byline world. Fuck the byline. Vice ruined that. <laughs> Vice ruined it because Vice's whole thing was I'm a stoner and here's my stoner perspective on things. Right. And then the actual personality of the stoner was more coherent than the actual writing. And they just traded on that for years. And they got so big that the rest of corporate media just did the exact same thing. Right. But just badly. Basically without the drugs and introspection. <laughs> so now you just got a bunch of people editorializing as journalists. Well, that's exactly right. But anyways, what about Alex Berenson? Well, whatever. He wrote that book called Pandemia, which is just sort of a totalizing look at how fucked up it went. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he's been called everything from a criminal to the most wrong man of the pandemic. Like, that's how I know he's probably onto something. Right. I, I, I mean, fuck. It's almost like we were in a fever dream now when I look back at March, April, May 2020. You know, the shit that we just said, well, that, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was not saying anything makes sense. Well, no, you, you weren't for sure. It was very much on the radical edge of that. I had very... That was a very painful period for me, personally. Yeah. Because I saw this, like, where we are right now. From then, I don't know what's next, but I saw up to this point, where, like, the boosters and... Right. seemingly endless cycle would be here right and now we're here and it seems like nobody has <laughs> realized where we are <laughs> so we're at another another point where people are saying things are reasonable 
and make sense in the exact same way <laughs> as if they like as, as if they didn't have uh, sorry as if they had masks on when we were first told like they just integrated the masks into their lives like they don't realize that we've already taken steps right from which we'll never be able to step back from that's totally true and now you know the look that someone gives you like when you begin to have the conversation about maybe fuck the mainstream narrative or yeah that look that they give you and you know yeah that's now that's now baked in forever for the rest of our lives if you ever go against the orthodoxy the average person will will give you that look yep that ears raised that those eyes down and to one side yeah what's he gonna say here <laughs> what's he gonna say here somebody I might have, else listening I might have to run and like I said when I showed you that picture of the media companies on the uh, political spectrum. I love that picture. Not a single media company is on the right as far as I'm concerned. So we're literally in a media cycle of just culling, um, self-culling. Do you think you could have a media company that was conservative truly? Like in the form of conservative you're talking about? Uh, it depends on what form of conservative you're, well, like, you're thinking of. You could have a media company that just discussed poli like policy, conservative policy. But if you're talking about it from like a personal standpoint, you know, isn't that an inherently uh, an individual? Well, frankly, I don't think conservatism would have policy. Hmm. Okay. If it was as far right as people are saying. Right. <laughs> Because, like, left anarchism is a meme. It doesn't exist. Right. It's just cowards who don't want to be leftist extremists. <laughs> sure. I think any conception of anarchy that's in any way honest, especially when it comes to nonviolence and mm -hmm. um, small government and voluntarism, mm -hmm. is inherently a, a right perspective. Mm -hmm. And in that way, there's nothing out there. And I don't know that any of the platforms suit that in any way. I think that's right. Like, the platforms are built with liberal ideations in mind. Yeah. But... I had visions very early, like late March 2020, of this just not going well for me personally. But I didn't think it would be so catastrophic socially. Was it? Catastrophic socially? Yeah. Well, I, I maybe not. Maybe it just revealed the nature of... I think we got to go one more up. Okay. Yeah, maybe nothing changed. Maybe just more became apparent. Well, I wonder what other people's perspective on it was, because... Yeah, for sure. I knew from the beginning that I had 
well, first of all, I was aware that something was going on in China in like December of 2019. Right. So I had the chance to like emotionally reconcile everything before the necessary measures were going to be decided on for mm -hmm. us. So from then on, I could have, uh, from that perspective, I could have a, like, I, I took a, I took stock of my social networks basically. Okay. And I seeded a lot of ground. Like, at that time, if you said the word Trump, you'd get a response. You get that people. same look. Yeah, just an automatic response. So I just made sure to do that to as many people as I could. <laughs> and I took stock of those people who obviously were narcissists. Right, jumping on the big orange dildo. And then those people just uh, were categorized, basically. <laughs> you made lists. I made a list. A list. The rest of the people don't matter, but the people, for example, that I won't leave alone with my children in the future, mm. they're definitely on a list. Mm. Some of your faves. <laughs> Damn, that's too <laughs> bad. Say that some of my faves. <laughs> so then I just spent the rest of the time like reconciling with that, but also right. feeling very justified that. I had an awareness of what I wanted my future and children's mm. future to be. And just working myself into being uh, as committed as possible to that and to my own health. Mm -hmm. And then also with like the drinking excursion, just getting the things out of my system that people were taking for granted <laughs> that were destroying them. Right. And just finding out what that was in me that was keeping me going back to them. And then forgiving myself for the time I spent with them mm. you know, removing them permanently mm. and since then life has just been personally getting better and better but everything around me people seem to be less aware more prone to unload things that they wouldn't say to other people on me mm. and I don't know how many ways I can I can say yes I know in ways that would uh, prompt them to search further on their own because they're only scratching the surface. Right. And their emotional ejaculations aren't getting them anywhere. Are these people you work with primarily or just? Just every, like literally everybody. I have a fairly wide network of people that I interacted with regularly. I am an extrovert after all. <laughs> Few commitments, many connections. Right, right. Well, I think that was maybe perhaps the best result of any phase of upheaval is to have actually come up, come out on the personal side on top. Yeah, well, I'm glad that the pandemic was not nearly as bad as was predicted. Right. Because a lot of people were just like health-wise just really not prepared for something that would have been serious. Right. Like if there had been bodies in the street, you know. Yeah, like a different story. I'm 100% certain it would have been some of your faves. Some oh. of my faves. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. But now we get into this kind of nowhere land where we don't know what's true and what's lies and what's happening to who, when, and where, and uh, 
the healthcare system is doing things that I have seen um, are atrocities. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we're anywhere near litigating it in a Nuremberg type of way. Is this it? I'm not sure where we are. Uh, yeah, I think it must be this one. No, we're not going to ever litigate this. I wish there was an easy way to spell out how bad it is. It's very bad. Well, yeah, I, I think that's true. But... <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure you've seen some of it, like, from your your time in, uh, in, in public media there. Mm -hmm. But if you can just imagine malpractice at that stage in the healthcare field, then you'd get to a fraction of what what's going on but then you also have to add the fact that turnover was pretty horrible to begin with people were overworked before this pandemic right and now they're overworked and they're just firing people willy-nilly and they're also doing triage right which they were doing triage before they announced it but now they're really doing triage and it's quite frightening because it's on the books, off the books type stuff. And it seems to be that they're determining what's on the books and off the books based on who they need to move out so they can keep doing on the books, off the books stuff. We got a, a keyhole, I think. Yeah, we did. Shit. All right. I didn't see a no exit sign, but... Well, I did see one, but I was like, wow. Oh, uh, okay. No exit for me? Or you? <laughs> <laughs> That's always that, that funny thing when you... Like, <laughs> the institutions are failing in real time right before our eyes and we're somehow surprised. But there's all that sort of collective hate and distrust of people on an individual level. Yeah. And then a trust of institutions as if they were somehow anything other than a bunch of people. Yeah, so like the institutions are publicly funded and the corporations take advantage of that by overpricing everything. So what's happening now with inflation, cranking all those prices up, do you think the institutions are uh, doing some economic wizardry to make everything work? Do you think the corporations are giving sweetheart deals to the institutions <laughs> just out of uh, the goodness of their hearts? <laughs> exactly. You can never, like when all else fails, just follow the, follow the money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm taken back to, I think it was the third month of the pandemic being um, accepted widely. Mm -hmm. And uh, those crematoriums in China lighting up. Right. Which was about a week after there was videos of Chinese officers uh, bolting shut doors of people in apartments. <laughs> Remember that shit? Or the drones? Stay in your home. Yeah. Or the people in the middle of the street spraying the uh, oh, yeah. the disinfectant. 
guess they knew it was airborne a lot, lot, lot sooner than we did. Yeah, they knew a lot of things before we did. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, they knew how it was made before we even knew what it was. Yeah, and we're still not even there as a public. There was a resurgence of the uh, natural origin theory just this past week. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, a, that's some wild shit. That that was ever even... <laughs> that was somehow less racist. <laughs> How dare you say it came from a Chinese lab? It came from a Chinese bat soup factory. <laughs> they were eating pangolins. Right. Little did we know that species of horseshoe bat doesn't live in the Wuhan region. It actually had to be brought there. Oh, and there's video of them catching them without gloves and getting bitten over and over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> over and over and over. As it turns out, bats don't like to be handled. Yeah. Like, honestly, I'm still in the zero COVID mode. I, I don't really care about any of it. But the people that do are just so intellectually dishonest and not rigorous when they claim to be trusting science and all that stuff. That it just really reminds me of how inefficient bureaucracy overall was before the pandemic and has been exacerbated when half of them, due to, like, social distancing and stuff, have been working from home. And like most of them are a boomer age and they can't work technology. So the, inefficient, if the inefficiency has been profound. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. The whole thing has been theatrical in many ways. Yeah. Right, but yeah, you know people are just fucking jerking off at home. Yeah. Try not to think too much about it, and I feel like I'm mature enough of a person, of a person to not be shaken by winter. But mm. the idea that this isn't going to end until April, <laughs> when I think like seriously about it, mm. there is like a legit like internal external um, internal sorry dread mm. that like is just there. That's fair. That's very fair. You think about moving? Yeah, but I don't know where. Yeah. I'm a third class citizen right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck, that's true. There's, there's no escaping the winter. I don't know. No escaping being a third class citizen. 
it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Things were too good for too long. So all the people who went with the reasonable measures haven't had to face up until maybe now with the fact that there will be a reality where there's things in society that they didn't realize they were taking for granted mm. that now they can't participate in. And uh, the redefining um, of VAC status is going to be something that's going to shake a bunch of people into conforming even more. Right. That'll be interesting to see. Like when they say the people that only got the two are now going to be considered unvaxxed, yeah. which will come within the year. Yep, it's probably going to happen this month. Yeah. And I'll go from making the most money I've ever made in my life to making none. <laughs> then we're going to get to see those faces again. <laughs> Some of our faves. When I think about it, I realize that this is probably the freest I've ever been. Mm. But I think freedom in society is an oxymoron. Uh, I think that's true for sure. All the freedom is contingent on these rights that were given to you by the government. Yeah. And you're, and, yeah, exactly right. You talk about freedom as far as what? Financial freedom? Okay. Currency is a construct. The economy is completely without your control. Yeah. You talk about freedom to move is like move where, like go where. <laughs> where are you gonna go? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Like go to the, the grocery they, store. The first thing they did so. was scramble the lawyers to make sure that everything they decided was above the law. Right. Who's gonna fight against that? Well, exactly right. I mean, we're seeing what's happening in Australia right now. Man. That gun grab seems like a perfect move by the government now. Uh -huh. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, that's I've heard that too. It's like, fuck. A bit of a long play, 25 years or more. But, I mean, I said it already. It's like, I don't know how there's not more outcry about that. Well, there seems to be a lot if you follow certain parts of social media, but well, you never know sure. like what's actually real and what's recent and <laughs> right. what's actually happening. No, you got no idea. I just have no, you know, I realize how like I have such little perspective on like what the average person thinks. Like I, yeah. I, I, don't, really know. I don't really give a fuck, I guess, but. All I know is I just assume that I don't trust them. <laughs> at this stage, at least. I have no reason to. Right. Because if, if, yeah, that's probably right. If you don't and they fuck you, then good. You knew not to trust them. But if you do trust them and they come through for you, well, that's a pleasant surprise. Well, I'm in a situation where I have no opportunities to trust people. <laughs> 
That's pretty good, actually. That might be something like freedom. I guess so. <laughs> also, I would be defenseless, though, so kind of just waiting for the mm -hmm. bang at the door is a bit daunting. Figuratively? <laughs> or, yeah. Or literally. Let me see your papers. I mean, I'm certainly... I'm certain there's some bohemes in, uh, in Germany and uh, Austria who thought the same. Yep. But the gypsies have been warning about it for the longest time. There were persecuted classes before, we just ignored them. Right. Fuck, huh. man. <laughs> I don't really care about getting dark. <laughs> I've been, uh... This past month has been as dark as it gets. Yeah. I have seen death. I have become death. <laughs> Destroyer of toilets. <laughs> and I had to reconcile with some shit that I saw near the beginning and middle of the pandemic that okay. really came to light when some recent disclosures from the pharmaceutical companies Links things together. Hmm. Yeah, and some of that stuff just is in your psyche forever now. Yeah, like actual trauma. Yeah. PTSD almost. I can feel the tendency to be a workaholic in the face of all this. It's like, because the last two years, a lot of time spent at home and a lot of time doing the self-development thing and introspection. And I feel I took a huge leap, but then it was like, well, now what? And then, Shit just got, kept getting darker and darker, and I was like, well, I can keep on shining in the face of all this, but I don't know. At some point, you kind of just need something to put your head down and do. Yeah. I haven't taken more than a week off this entire pandemic. That's fucking wild, man. I can't imagine that. <laughs> One of the things that, I don't know how to fucking say it. There's, there's certain things I can't talk about uh -huh. that are fucking atrocious. And uh, I'm going to need some psychotherapy or whatever is actually viable in that field to <laughs> get me past them because I witnessed some shit that really fucked me up. Okay. And I've been working so much that I haven't had any time to reconcile it. Hmm. And I'm literally forced to be with the people who are responsible for it. Right. And to play the role. Yeah, man. I, and those people are dangling my rights in front of my face. Fuck.
Well, yeah, man. I mean, what do you even do with that? I'm going to do what I'm doing. Yeah. But unfortunately, doing what I'm doing means also witnessing other people not do what I'm doing. And maybe becoming more iterations of the thing I witness. Right. Right before my eyes. Well, that's the thing is that at some point, wouldn't you have to take a stand and just quit? Or, or I don't know, flip some tables in there? I don't know. No, no, that's not the point I'm talking about. The job is the job, and the job doesn't matter. Right. It's a fucking pandemic, man. Jobs don't fucking matter. We're at war, and we're in a pandemic. <laughs> Society doesn't matter for shit. We're in anarchy. Right. And the forces and the support is working against the better futures of the people. And let's just say that the hard stuff I've been sending you is very real and I've witnessed it. Yeah. It's very fucking disturbing to watch that happen to somebody. Fuck, man. Especially when there's a bureaucracy around it. All right. I can't imagine what the uh, the rest of the frontline workers are going through, the ones who have bought in and are just compartmentalizing it because mm. they work themselves through it. Right. I said before that uh, informed consent is just a front for plausible deniability. <laughs> I'm 100% concrete on that at this point. Oh, absolutely. We informed you of the risk. It's not our fault you chose to take that risk as we presented it to you as the only option. Yeah. The few people who I've seen have the same or similar realizations that I've had have been thoroughly fucked over. <laughs> okay. It was just too much to handle? Or like it fucked them over actually? No, like they've been punished for oh, I see. being eyes open. And that punishment, like with most cults, it pushed them back in further. Ah. I don't know if I'll ever get to talk about this fully. <laughs> That's so fucked. Oh, I'm sure you... Well, won't you? Once... <laughs> no, I don't think I will. There's literally laws against it. No, well, couldn't you? And I, there's, like, ethical grounds to not talk about it. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. Couldn't you publish under a pen name? <laughs> no. Mr. Jap. It's a really weird position to be in. Hmm. But that's how shit like that works, right? 
completely absolving itself of any responsibility and putting it all on you. Yeah, like, are you aware of how the um, the nuclear bombs were made? <laughs> how the structure of that was? Not well. I don't know. Not so really. they did it decentralized. Oh, okay. They had people in different universities working on components of the formulas and procedures that were needed. Gotcha. And none of them knew what was going on until the bomb went off. That's fucking wild. Many of them didn't even know that the tests were happening, first of all, and that um, they were contributing to them. Fuck, can you imagine and that? A lot of them, it dawned on them when they saw the bombs had dropped on, uh, on Japan. That they had, in some sense, done that? Yeah, so it's that kind of shit. Holy fuck. I did not know that. I thought it was a concerted effort, because like, this is what we need to do. No. Not at all. That's how Area 51 is, allegedly. All compartmentalized like that. Yeah. Nobody knows too much. So it kind of makes the Epstein thing so frustrating <laughs> because that's like a perfect example of that. One that's like right in the open and ready to be picked apart. Right. But people won't even broach the idea of it. Right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and just like the idea that we're at war, it's very difficult to be in a situation where you're made to feel like you're being gaslighted by people's inability to know what you're talking about because they haven't right. had the prerequisite right. experience. That's the crazy thing. when the, <laughs> the people doing the gaslighting are literally, they just, they just actually don't understand what they're even doing. Yeah. Just following orders. Just following the program. Just getting fucked. Yeah, I'm just glad I, I followed my instinct and I stayed in the front lines and I didn't move up to a middle manager position oh where I had God. to administer the informed consent because I probably would have killed myself at this point if I had to force people. <laughs> Especially the people under my care into the situations that some of them were forced into. Yeah. It's fair. And then kind of be responsible for what happened. Right. Oh, and yeah. And be responsible for shuffling things around. Right. So things are distracting enough so you never have to litigate it. Right, which I guess, suppose if you had to be in any position. Yeah, at least there's nobody's fucking life is truly riding on your decisions, right? Thankfully, yeah, I was very lucky, but I was all, like, it took a lot of fucking work. It was very exhausting to move myself out of the positions where I felt like I, I was insecure, let's say. Right, literally. Yeah, man, that's fucking. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to have to die with this. <laughs> because literally they reduced the ratios, they isolated people. And I'm not in charge of 
the documents. Right. Mark Wiener says, I grew up here. Good for you. <laughs> Fucking Wiener. It always blows me away how much responsibility and how much fucking, like, personal weight people incur for a job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, from my point of view as a freelancer or someone who's ostensibly building a business, it's like I could take all the risk I want because it's all me. But yourself and other people, it's like, Jesus, like, how much, you know, like, really? It almost seems it's completely disproportional to how you're compensated. I yeah, think. for sure. But I mean, like, it's getting back to the abortion thing. What's the value of the life? Right. I don't know. Well, it has a number. I'm not privy to that actual number. <laughs> but that number is being weighed against other numbers. Hmm. And whatever that number is that keeps the gears grinding is the one that's being prioritized. And something about inflation, uh. something about triage. <laughs> and the more I speak, the more I want this last hour to be cut out from this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking dark. I really don't think that I danced around it well enough. <laughs> oh, well. No one's listening by this point. hang it right here and cut through what's funny is I could be talking about a, at least a dozen different situations <laughs> okay depending on whose perspective I'm speaking from and what the result is and that's a shit ton when you consider <laughs> the purview of my small position right and I'll say that I know of at least a dozen more stories for certain, mm -hmm. maybe a few dozen in the broader, in the broader scale. Mm. But until those things come out in public discourse, I don't think I'm really to Right, right, right. To elucidate it all. Until someone starts, some journalist starts foiping. In five years from now, what the hell happened? Yeah, you know. And you'll be you'll be on the you'll be on the TV in the shadows with your voice modulated. <laughs> I saw, I saw. Well, that's just the thing. I removed myself from like there's so many people who are just like unemployed now who were just dumb and were like <laughs> useful idiots and just right did their job. Right. Just got used.
very hard to pay respect to somebody and also use them as a cudgel to, to bludgeon something horrible. Mm. That sounds like some kind of orthodox <laughs> game plan, right? Yeah. This is the this is the great and venerated asshole who's you know especially when it when it involves some of our faves. Ooh. Some of our faves actively in their positions. Like nobody lost their jobs from not being prepared for the pandemic in the first place. And all those people have still been in charge all this time. Mhm. Mm Well, that's the other thing is like the politicians never missed a paycheck. And it's, there are very many parallels to color revolutions where the aware and the smart and the clever are called first. Mm. Ahead of time even. Yeah. Right, and then those that are allowed through, you know, following the revolution, they're probably executed. Yeah, like this is very different from a McCarthyism scenario. Right. Where people were blackballed, but they, for the most part, weren't like culled. They were right. just people who weren't allowed to participate. They just got canceled. But people are fucking disappearing, man. <laughs> it's a, it's a concern. That's fucked up. Disappearing and uh, nobody speaks of them. Well, <laughs> I don't really know what you're talking about, but it seems fucked up. It's very fucked up. I can't. Yeah, I. It doesn't make for great content, but <laughs> that's okay. It's really. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm sure, well, I know for a fact that I got off light, so I can't imagine what other frontline workers are going through. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the dancing seems to have stopped. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on because the last I was paying attention, all of a sudden the uh, frontline workers were being demonized. <laughs> and I know from experience that the navel gazing has really gotten toxic. Mm. So I can't imagine what the hospitals are like. Oh man, I can't either. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we went from the dancing fucking healthcare workers to the cheering for the healthcare workers at 5 p.m. when they came home from work and all that shit. Yeah. To like. Just fuck it, we're not even gonna talk about this anymore. It should be very telling that um, that the death rates have gone up this this past year mm. compared to 2020 when there was no protections. Yeah, that's fucked, eh? I saw this curve where it was it was Latvia and Estonia, and it was like the lockdown in Latvia was so 
was so effective it flattened the curve in, in Estonia also. <laughs> Yeah, that is messed up. I saw some other curve where it was like the fifth wave in some part of the southern hemisphere is like already looking horrendous. I don't know how this is possible, but I suppose I do. With all the fucking so-called protective measures in place. Yep. Something changed. <laughs> Something was added. Well, be. I'm gonna be a fucking Martian for like two weeks after this. This is quite a walk. <laughs> My whole body hurts. Yeah, that's good. It's almost over, I would say. Pretty close to my house. This episode is going to have a Cumtown style title and description. <laughs> just a few letters and then the description will just be F-U-K-I-T. <laughs> Fuck it. I expect things to be very interesting by the next time we do a mooncast. Oh yeah. It's going to be a heavy couple weeks coming. <laughs> I just know the text chat is going to be unstoppable. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know if, that, if, I, if I'd be able to cope <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Some of the signals are very horrifying. Yeah, no, I know. And some of the things that have come up in the past month that I thought maybe we're just going to blow over are just getting legitimized. And that's really fucked up. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I mean, whatever is right. Like, you can dig as far into it as you want and, and make it to be some fucking, you know, neurotic underworld of but I mean that's that's the whole thing that's the whole human existence and I think we just kind of pulled the lid off the fucking pot and looked into it for once yeah I don't know how many more things I have to be dispossessed of though <sighs> yeah that's fair you got your body and your mind can't take that. I do have that. 
I suppose I have accepted that I am in the gulag. So it is what it is. Right. But there are moments, and I guess that's kind of inevitable, at a certain extent where even the, the most strident atheist is going to do a little praying near the end. <laughs> right. Whatever transition we're heading into. I think it's going to be a doozy. I think so too. Personally, I feel very prepared for it. Now, I think it's overdue. But I know for a fact, some of our faves are very not prepared for what they've been calling a new normal. Oof. Don't like that one. The new normal. That metaverse shit, like... I am not the audience for that video. I'm prepared for that. That's been in the mail. But they're legitimately, like, all these infrastructure things that are passing, it's right. for that. It's not for people. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You remember, we both saw that fucking video of that robot this week. Yeah. That was horrifying. It is. That, plus the metaverse, plus then that tweet where it was like the picture of Epstein with the Pope has been entered into evidence. It's just like, yeah. where do you go from here? Yeah. Tru truly. Like, consider who is capable of holding those three truths <laughs> in, their, in their mind without, like, completely losing all faculties, <laughs> shitting and pissing themselves to death. <laughs> I know, it could happen, right? Yeah, that Epstein and the Pope thing. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Uh, I know. Which Pope, I wonder? The current Pope? Yeah, I don't know. Or Benedict, that fucking vampire? Yeah, I don't know either, man. Doesn't really matter. Like that... Like that's when... I can't think of any other thing that is that that much like seemingly removed from society as a whole. Is that like just so unreachable? What? Like that picture gives me the same feeling as that speech in Eyes Wide Shut that the rich guy gives to the Tom Cruise character. <laughs> where it's like this is inevitable and there's nothing you can do about it. Right, right, right. He's staring in the face of uh, of an atrocity that you feel compelled to stop. That's what that movie's fundamentally about, isn't it? Yeah. Dude, I'm full on mushroom right now. <laughs> I'm seeing fucking Tom Cruise. <laughs> I feel like him walking down the street in that one scene where the guy's chasing him. <laughs> hey, nice coat. <laughs> Literally, I felt since we started coming back through the dog park, talking about coincidences, yeah. that there was just the fucking, the bird man was behind me if I turned around. <laughs> Honestly, I think the, the new moons are more trippy than the full moons. Oh, I, I think so. 
Because the full moon is just full on lunacy. It's just like whatever, it's, it's a party. It literally feels like the bounds, like there's no boundaries. Yeah. Like it really felt a need to like rein myself in a little bit. Uh -huh. Well, not a little bit, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, there is something about just that fucking endless dark sky with no focal point. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about the park. Like, for some reason, this road feels a bit, like, centering to me. Mm. Feels nice. Yeah, true. You're just ranging around in the blackness. Yeah. <laughs> Wondering if the world will come to an end. Almost like we wandered out beyond, like, <laughs> the computing capacity of the Earth. Like, everything disappeared. Right, totally. And now we're, like, re-entering it. We weren't sure everything was going to be where it was. <laughs> it's true, man. And it does feel that way. Like, I need to... <laughs> like touch everything when I come back from a moon cast uh, just make sure I, I've come back into the same world <laughs> especially after that, after that four and a half hour one. Oh fuck can't believe we did it but the <laughs> there was so much more good humor and jovialness to that last one <laughs> like true. just singing the fucking darkness yeah talking about ACDC Yeah, there's quite the difference. <laughs> this is like we may have stepped through the fucking wormhole at some point in this conversation. And I'm not even sure where I live anymore. <laughs> but it stinks like shit, so I guess I'm home. Yeah. Yeah, whatever happened... Because I was in a super dark place before that last one. Whatever happened since then seems to have not helped. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, man, if we if we do the last one in two weeks and we say, <laughs> you know what, we could take a hiatus. I don't really need to. Okay. I'm growing as a person. That's good. There's no point moving forward with life without the painful realizations that accompany mm. growth. Alrighty then, well. Plus nobody's listening so I don't know of anything. <laughs> this is true. It's the ultimate freedom. But I mean, if it wasn't on your platform, I probably would have just gone <laughs> very open. Right on. But um, that would be irresponsible. Well, it's coming off my platform in one month. The first new moon of the new year will be a new endeavor on a new, in a new place. All right. 
I don't know where, but. Because I wouldn't mind being able to say some other shit. And if we post it under a pseudonym. <laughs> I don't really care about my name being out there, but your platform is a very public one. It's supposed to be for commerce and shit. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, can't be on there saying some fucking wild shit and then turning around and having a guest on the show and basically saying the opposite. Yeah, I really don't have a mouth for commerce. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I do much better at that in writing when I can edit. Mm. Oh, fair enough. so much <laughs> yeah, it's brutal man but you were saying last time maybe maybe you have an even deeper aversion to it than me for yeah. whatever reason well this year helped me cement why I hate it mm. right on. might be a thing where I need to like not be in this region at a certain mm. time of year. Yeah, that'd be pretty understandable. <laughs> I kind of wish I could do the same. I think I probably will end up at some point in my life doing that. Just fucking live and work in Arizona <laughs> from like, you know, October to April. There's something about the local content that like for the past month, it's just been so goddamn triggering. <laughs> Local content, like, like what, or just like the shit you see in your daily life? No, well, like local media, basically. Oh yeah, no, they're fucking a bunch of bums. And just like the discourse, and who has a voice, and what they're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, they just. Yeah. Right, they just tow the fucking line. Nothing could have been more perfect to, than that fucking news anchor in the elevator today saying <laughs> that shit to me. <laughs> the fact that the infrastructure precludes that that person is more important than you. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, if I don't do my job, you look like shit. And sound like shit. Yeah. But then a different tale gets told about that elevator. That's right. Uh, he made a threatening motion towards me. <laughs> he oh, then, Jesus. <laughs> he then said that the vaccines were poison. He said, I'll give you a vaccine. Right. He said, I got a needle for you right here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a deep vein thrombosis right here, pal. <laughs> and in the words of Bob, well, yeah, we'll leave that for the new platform. <laughs> I feel like I've been muttering the entire time, just fucking. <laughs> A part of me feels like 
laying it all on the line like that might just be the move. Oh, wait, but wait, another wait. part of me feels like <laughs> it'll just be an absolute just crash and burn. I mean, I'm willing to try though. Willing to try. Under the pseudonyms of Don Simpson and Michael Schumacher. <laughs> Although anybody could put two and two together and be like, "Well, I know who this is." Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I, I had my misgivings about the detail in which you went to in my bio on this podcast, knowing what I was prepared to do. <laughs> You know, I'd never be able to escape it if it ever ended up following me. But that bridge is crossed. Well, I, I'm even just thinking I might even just take the episodes right off. Fuck them. As if they never happened. I would be very much for that. Yeah, alright, that's the move then. Personally, I don't know what you were trying to prove with the Mooncast on your platform, but... Ah! It served its purpose. It, it was me a, laugh. Yeah, totally. And I just... I didn't know what this was, and now I'm getting a clear picture of what it all is. So, the fork in the road. Thank you, folks. Thank you.